Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it weird. You made it weird. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird. You made it weird. Yes, you did. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird. With Pete Holmes. What's happening, weirdos? This is J.J. Reddick, the incredible athlete, person, and all-around incredible You Made It Weird guest. As I always say, let's get to it as quickly as possible. Our uh, sponsor is Squarespace. You guys know this by now. If you need a website for whatever it is you are up to, Squarespace is the easy, fast, professional way to go. Whether you need a portfolio to showcase your work, a store to sell your products and services, or a blog to share your ideas, Squarespace gives you everything you need to make your next move into a reality. All you need to do, show your support for this podcast and get your website up and running is go to squarespace.com and enter offer code weird to get 10% off your first purchase. And as always, I love to mention my Pete's Picks. Pete's Picks are products that I love and use every single day, especially a day like today. Today was our first day of shooting, uh, like rolling cameras for uh, crashing season two. If I sound a little tired, I am. Uh, And on days where I really have to use my brain a lot, a lot, a lot for performing, for writing, for making a lot of decisions on the fly, anything, I take Alpha Brain. I take it in the morning. I take it again in the afternoon. I seriously, seriously swear by it. A day hasn't gone by in the past three years where I haven't taken it. It's like a a vitamin for your brain. The technical word is nootropic. It's like fish food for your noggin. You sprinkle it on, you feel it, you just feel like your brain has what it needs to operate from memory, focus, concentration. I swear by this stuff. I haven't recorded a podcast. I haven't written. I haven't meditated. Anything like that, done stand-up, it's such a helpful thing for me. I know I sound fried as as I plug this thing. But I'm about to go to bed. And yes, it's about 9 p.m. on a Tuesday. Boy, (laughs) long day. Uh, What I'm saying is, if you have a big day, if you have a big job, whatever it is, if if it uses your brain, Alpha Brain is there to help. And I want you to try it. This is something that I never don't have a couple pills in my pocket. That's how much I love and swear by it. So go to onnit, O-N-N-I-T dot com uh, slash weird and you'll get 10% off your purchase. It is a real game changer and a real life changer for me. Speaking of game changers and life changers, the other Pete's Picks is uh, Charlotte's Web Hemp Oil. This is another wonderful product, especially as I'm uh, shooting the show, as I'm trying not to drink and be very healthy, but every once in a while you need something for, for pain or uh, just to unwind, get a little, a little bit of that healthy, happy, relaxed de-stressed, less anxiety, glow, uh, but you don't want to have alcohol, and I don't like uh, smoking weed, especially when I'm working, because THC is the part of the plant that is psychoactive and can be associated with things like brain fog and, and some of that lack of clarity the next day. CBD is what Charlotte's Web is. It has none of those psychotropic uh, effects. It is not psychoactive. I guess I shouldn't say psychotropic. It's not psychoactive. It's not psychotropic either. It doesn't do anything in your, to your brain in that way other than that calm, happy, good glow that I love so much. You can uh, read on it. You can hold a conversation, follow a movie. 
But at the end of the day, or in the middle of the day, if I'm feeling some tension, or I'm feeling a crick in my neck, or if I have a long flight, I'm stuck in a middle seat, whatever it may be, I have come to sworn, sworn, I have come to swear by Charlotte's Web, and I want you to try it. It's cwhemp.com slash weird, and there's a new uh, promo code now. It's keep it crispy, all one word, keep it crispy. We'll get 10% off uh, your checkout uh, for Charlotte's Web hemp oil. I love it. I get so much fan mail, people telling me it's as good as I say. Uh, this is a product that I reached out to them just like Alpha Brain because I was using it and I wanted to tell you guys about it because it's made my life so much better. And I think that's all I have to tell you. So excited to be back doing Crashing Season 2. I really hope you guys like it. And if you want to show your support for this website and you need a new website, Chances are, no matter what it is you're doing in your life, you probably do need one. And Squarespace is here to help you create an eye-catching online platform that brings your idea and your creativity to life. Whether it's a portfolio or a blog or a store, Squarespace gives you everything you need to look like an expert right from the start. You even get a unique domain, which strengthens your brand and makes it easier for visitors to find you. With their award-winning templates, creating a beautiful website is simple and it's intuitive. There's nothing to install, update, or patch ever. And if you do get confused, their award-winning 24-7 customer support can help you with any problem, no matter how technical, small, or trivial seeming. It doesn't matter. They're there to help you like your own personal IT department. So make your next move. Get online. Get yourself out there and start your free trial at squarespace.com today. Enter offer code WEIRD to get 10% off your first purchase. Again, that is WEIRD, W-E-I-R-D. Be weird if you didn't know how to spell that. Thank you, Squarespace. Try a Pete's Pick. Watch Crashing if you haven't yet on uh, HBO Go, HBO Now. Really, really excited for you guys to see Season 2. And in the meantime, enjoy the incredible J.J. Reddick. Get into it. J.J. This is where this. I know I was already. I, I just love when people are early. I'm always early. This is the guest here, if you don't mind. You don't mind. Good to see you. Good to see you too, man. Thanks. For, I don't know. I I don't know. You're 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 a big. Uh, please don't take this the wrong way, but you know I'm kind of surprised you even made it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Seems it, like it's pro- just, professional it's, athletes are perpetually <laughs> like. Unreliable. Is that true? Yeah, that is well, true. Well, you guys are always, uh, you have to get up early. I'm thinking of ice skaters, but you know, you have to get up early. Your dad is yelling at you to be in the Olympics. I'm thinking of ice skaters. You always have to put on ice skates and skate around. I'm thinking of ice skaters. What was the movie in the 90s that you're thinking of? Blades of Steel? Uh, no, Glory? No, that's a video game. No, Blades of Glory was the Will Ferrell movie. I'm thinking of the one where the 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 ice man castles. and the woman have to... Ice? Ice castles? Ice castles? Oh, the man and the woman have to like partner up. Oh, and like, he's a hockey player. Yeah. Yeah, and then they, he's going to be a figure skater. And then they become, like, they go to the Olympics. Yeah, yeah, they go all the way. And they do some trick at the end that no one's ever done before. It's kind of like Happy uh, Happy Gilmore. You know, like, he, he's a rough and tumble, <laughs> but he, instead of, like, putting with a giant, you know, stick, he's lifting a woman in the air. Yeah. It's a strange life you have. You throw, you know, I, I think what you do is amazing. I was just watching, I can't get this fucking shit I'm in mono over here. Can we, nerdist, multi-million dollar conglomerate, can you get a fucking... How's it going, man? Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday. Happy Palm Sunday. Thank you. I was watching a clip of you. Okay. Same thing with Aaron Rodgers, who's yeah. your buddy. Yeah. Is it like work friends, or are you guys actually boys? 
Um, I mean, we, we got to know each other a little bit when I was in Milwaukee, very briefly. Uh-huh. We came to a game, um, and then there was a guy on the team, Drew Gooden, who uh, Drew and Aaron on his were team or your friends. team on my team, your team. They were they were mutual friends, so like we we just how does that happen? We, That's like, like dwarves and elves. You guys are you know a lot. I've met a lot of people through Twitter oh, okay. direct message. Uh-huh. Like if you know you you follow someone, they follow you. You That's just the hit most, them up, the and then you're like, form. all right, let's exchange cell phones. Yes, yes. So like Aaron and I text occasionally. Like I think I texted him last time I texted him was like during his season. And I guess he had a good game, and I was like, hey, nice job. Yeah, I text him and I say, is football happening now? <laughs> <laughs> but what I was saying was, uh, it's a strange thing, like an ice skater who, you know, their value is his ability to, like, get his arm perfectly erect and hold. <laughs> like yeah. I, the Shibu, Shibutani uh, twins. You seem like a big uh, figure well, skater fan. No, it's because I did a talk show and I interviewed a lot of athletes. This fucking thing is driving me nuts. It's like an aux cable in your car you can't quite get right. I'm going to yield to it. Okay. Um, but his skill was his ability to lift his, you know. Do you want to move this over closer to you? Is it that what the problem is? I okay. like that you're, you are a team leader. You're trying to help me <laughs> with my problem. You're over there doing fine. Uh, but I'm the guy that keeps, like, traveling. You're flailing. Yeah, I'm flailing. <laughs> uh, anyway, this is a long way to say I watched some clips. And with Aaron, I didn't want to watch too many clips because it freaks me out. <laughs> And it's the same thing happened watching you. It started. I started laughing, you know, because I met you obviously before I had yeah. seen you ever do anything. And then I do, you know, researched a little bit, but yeah. not too much because I don't want to get too uh, jazzed up. But like you're uh, kind of ridiculous. It's great. I, I, I'm good. I mean, I, you're I, like I, a good I, at basketball. I'm, I'm we, good. I'm good at that sport. Yeah, you're good at that. I'm sport. good at sport ball. Um, Are you good at all the sports balls, or is it just the big round? Orange? I mean, that was good growing up. I always tell people though, it's like weird because people ask about the the pressure of shooting. Like that's what I'm known for shooting. Yeah, know? because it is. It's a confident thing. Yeah, but like when you think about it, like we're on a planet that's like <laughs> orbiting this, what do you this massive star, and we're like hurtling through space at millions of miles an hour that. and we're yeah. like spinning on our axis and like i'm like shooting an orange ball in a, in a, yeah. in a hoop like it's, it mean, doesn't seem like it's that important in the scheme of things i completely agree <laughs> sometimes when i'm watching something like a basketball game and we're all losing our minds and we're screaming yeah. and we're, we're throwing beers at our foes and all that stuff yeah. and then you're just like yeah, and you can do this with anything just zoom out yeah just zoom yeah, out yeah. a little bit even if you zoom out too far the game's now meaningless and now looks like ants. But then you zoom out as far as you're zooming out. You're like, the fuck are we doing? Yeah. Floating in infinity. I, I think I've always sort of had that, like, uh, oh, it's the saying, like, the, the perspective from 30,000 feet where you, like, you're, you're up in the clouds and you're looking down. You're like, okay, yeah, big picture type thing. Exactly. But the thing is, like, for me, I'm, I'm addicted to the, the seeing the ball go through the basket. Like yeah. there's something about that. Well, that's what that. I was laughing at. And it's so – and I, I shoot hundreds of shots every day. And like it – even when I'm alone, alone in a gym and I'm shooting a basketball and the ball goes through the net, like whether it's then or if it's in a game – I have like a little mini orgasm yeah, when the no, ball goes I through, it. and it's like that's the addicting part to me is like I seeing the ball go through. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Well, you're talking about order. Even yeah. when we zoom out, how far yeah. do you want to zoom out? Okay, we're still looking at the universe. Okay, and we're still looking at a system of laws, yeah. right? Yeah. And that's why we're obsessed with physically fit. Like if you look on your Wikipedia, the first thing it says is your height and your weight. Yeah. It's like a very strange thing. Like you're a <laughs> like you're a salmon fillet. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like oh, JJ Reddick is seven feet, or you yeah, know, yeah. you're six four or whatever. Yeah. 
And uh, But we like going, okay, what are we working with? What do these parts have? And then we go, well, let's have those parts use controlled variables, the same ball. That's why people get so upset about deflate gate and all that yeah. stuff. Same ball. Nike has that campaign where they, right now, equality, the ball should bounce the same for everybody. It's science. You're yeah. saying the control in this experiment is the ball is the same size. The, the hoops are the same height. Everything's the same. Courts are the same dimension. Exactly. It couldn't, it couldn't not be except in baseball, which is a fucking wonk wonk one. <laughs> I like baseball fine. I like them all the fine. All, I like them all the fine. Yeah. But anyway, so we put – it's like watching Adams. I'm not, even, I'm not even stoned. I'm just saying it is like watching Adams or Cells or Gene. It's just something we can observe going, look at how the universe is. The universe made a thing and we gave it the thing that we knew, the ball and the basket. And look at this one go. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And we set these rules and then we watch these these um I don't know the scientific word for, it, but we watch these these characters like we in a play basically. We watch yes. these characters in a play and they're it's all impromptu and it's it's like uh it's very organic. The actual yes. game is very organic. That's what I'm saying. Why yeah. if you and I were just alone in in a, a room with nothing but a bottle of water, would we start flipping the bottle of water <laughs> to see if we could just be like, could we make it flip and land on a table? Yeah. Like somebody showed me that game half bottle of water and you flip it and try yeah. and get it to land on the table. We love that stuff because most of our life is trying to make sense of reality and we go, yeah. well, look at this. This, on this day, this is what's going to happen. These men are going to play this game. And that's why things like the XFL and like wonky foot, there's ne- never been like an XFL, XNBA or something yeah. because we love our rules and we love our history and that's why people freak out when they're like, that's a travel because you're saying there was condensation on the beaker. You know yeah. what I mean? Like the experiment <laughs> was wrong. I think, too, like you brought up the XFL um, or even like in our our profession, like the D-League, the developmental league, like it doesn't get as much attention. There's not as much like fan support because people want to use sports to like measure. That's it. So it's a way of measurement. It's order. And so, you know, you only want to measure against the best. Like what's the point of measuring? Like that's uh, so funny. You're you're the best player in the XFL. Like what does that mean? And that's why. What I, does that mean? I have to think we're obsessed because you're six four, and you mentioned when we did cordon together. That's not you know. Um, yeah. That's not like super tall. No. So then we love our guys that aren't. You know what I mean? They're kind of defying mm-hmm. expectation. That is titillating. Does we're like he's not. You know, Shaq is amazing, obviously, but it's yeah. mostly his architecture. I'm not saying – I don't know right. anything about Shaq. Right. In fact, I've met him a few times, so I'm not shitting on him. I'm just saying <laughs> when you have like a spud web, you're like, holy fuck. Yeah. Or Rudy. <laughs> or the Rudy. movie Rudy. Rudy. Because isn't – when we set strict rules, we then – you said theater. We then have the stage to be surprised. Mm-hmm. We go the world is like this. Big beats little, right? And then you go like, oh, okay. Let's, let's do that over and over and over until one day we're all chanting Rudy at, yeah. the, at, the, at the Chubby Hobbit. Bringing it back to basketball, I think that's why. Let's keep it on the the the, no, the, the, <laughs> the month of March, and I don't know. You probably don't follow March Madness. It's but, the fever but college one. basketball, but that's yeah. what, what is so attractive about that particular uh, you know tournament is because the underdog, the Cinderella story, like that's what the whole country gets we love behind. It. Every, people love upsets. People right. love it. Who's the Cubs of basketball? Uh, the Cub, probably the Clippers. The Clippers. <laughs> is that team. true? No. no. You guys have never won the the big one. No, no. Oh. I don't think we've we've never been out past the second round of the playoffs. We've never made it to the conference finals. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. We were we were. Uh, you could call us a cursed franchise. What happened? 
Uh, just, Did you sell Babe Ruth <laughs> to the Yankees for a production of No No Nanette? I think I think the team. <laughs> I, don't, I should know this. I don't know why I know this, but I think the team was initially the Buffalo Braves, and okay. then we became this the San Diego Clippers, and then Donald <laughs> Sterling bought the team and became the owner when it was in San Diego, and okay. he moved the team up to L.A. And for jeez, man, like almost yeah, thirty years, he he basically. Um, you know, he he ran it uh, as as cheaply as he could run it, uh-huh. and uh, and the teams were horrible. I mean, the Clippers were the laughing stock of the NBA for because decades. he wasn't doing the he wasn't spending the money. Yeah, I mean, I, I the rumor is that he had like this this thing with the CEO. He was like, uh, do whatever you want, run the team however you want, but at the end of the month, you need to. Give me a check for a million dollars. Like you have to give me a check for a million. He just wanted to run it like a corporation. Yeah, and so but isn't you'd always get these weird like trades that would happen that didn't make any sense. We're like because they needed to free up capital. (laughs) No, but they would (laughs) trade players for cash. Uh, Yeah, that's what I mean to give him his money. Yeah, exactly. It'd be like having on like January thirtieth. Yeah, we're gonna trade this guy for six hundred fifty thousand dollars. We gotta pay our our (laughs) bid bots basically. Yeah, basically. That's crazy. But isn't it better business to win? Isn't that like really you get well generally speaking you yeah. get to play more games yeah and- the deeper you go in the playoffs you generate more revenue i think you know for a lot of teams to have one home game i think you make over a million bucks so like the more playoff games you make you know you play in yeah you make a lot of money right as a as a franchise right as a right. group and that yeah that makes sense you know what else is interesting about the theater of it is uh, so i watched you get knocked over so you're shooting these threes which is amazing it's yeah. it's, it's it's i love your answer not that I'm here to grade your answers. I'm just, I'm just telling you, this isn't an interview. We're just two guys talking. I'm just yeah. saying, what a great answer. Because I know what you're talking about. It reminds me of um, Eminem has a lyric where he talks about, like, uh, I believe it's in Till I Collapse. Do you know that song? Yeah. He talks, it's a big sports song. It's a big, like, yeah. Michael Phelps. It's, it's a hype-up song. It's yeah. a hype-up song. Yeah. It's like in a basketball stadium. Yeah. And he talks about being in the pocket, basically. I know that's another football term. But I'm just yeah. saying, like, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm acting like I know about every sport. I know. Yeah. But uh that feeling of of being in the zone and 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 losing yourself. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a different song but yeah. in that moment. And uh, and when I'm telling a joke and Mulaney, my friend John Mulaney talks about like that feeling of a crowd leaning in and you know you have we call them punchlines you mm-hmm. have a punchline and you're cocked back and they're so stupid they're leaning forward <laughs> the fools and when i watch comedy i feel that way too i'm yeah. like i thought the bit was over and then louis yeah. ck hits me with this great hit yeah. so it's the rush of that and when i was watching your clip every three you shot a free throw that didn't move the the net <laughs> it just went in yeah you know what i'm saying yeah. i felt like in i was in south america and i watched like the virgin mary rise over like it was this Sort of like amazing phenomena. I'm not putting yeah. down Catholic phenomena. I'm just saying it was transcendent. So I have to imagine, and one of my questions was, and you already answered it really, how good does that feel? It feels really good. It feels really good. But you yeah. said even when you're alone, it feels good. That crisp, yeah, we invented that. We put the little, the, the rim doesn't need a beard. I think that for me, like I've always had a little bit of OCD. Yeah. And so... Um, like my mom says, like when I was two, and I have a two and a half year old son, he does not do this. But like I, when I was when I was two, like I would, I would, she would come in my room, and I would be there for hours organizing things. Yeah, you know, I would, I would line my shoes up in my closet. Like what two year old does that? Right. And so for me, you talked about order to make sense out of all of this. Like it is that feeling of just like 
I have control over this shot, and and I think about sort of the the muscle mechanics and all that. But then when you get in a game, it becomes it becomes instinctual. Yeah. And Aaron actually, when Aaron was on my podcast, he talked about this this thing is called mastering your mechanics in an imperfect environment, and I thought that was really profound because. That's essentially what I'm doing That's every time I are. play. That's what sports are. Yeah. So I mastering your mechanics. If I'm alone in, in the gym and I'm shooting like let's say a corner three, yeah. I would expect myself to make if I shot fifty, I'm gonna make between forty and forty five. Yeah. That would be an unprecedented rate. In a real game. game. Right, exactly. And that's... And so I've got to figure out a way to shoot a high percentage with defenders chasing me, passes being a little bit off. Trash being talked. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Pussy! (laughs) That's that's not happening in the gym or you need to switch gyms. Yeah. But it's an imperfect environment. And I think a child, a two-year-old... Uh, ordering his shoes, we're, le- we're after order. Mm-hmm. I'm a comedian, right? I'm going to keep drawing this back to comedy. I don't really like parties. I go because it's, <laughs> it's healthy to see your friends and stuff, but I'm the guy, I'll start saying goodbye as I get there because yeah. it takes about an hour and that's how long I want to be there. <laughs> uh, and that, that's not Hollywood. That's me my whole life. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And But then I get on stage and it's a very extroverted thing because right. I like the control right. of it. Right. We've built a cathedral. Mine is... You sit and listen. You can laugh. You can cheer. You can clap. You can even heckle. It'll probably be a problem, but you have a certain vocabulary, but it's limited. This is the controlled environment. And I go on stage and I talk and I'll pause. I'll pause for you. How gracious. (laughs) So we're looking for order in the world. We don't find too much. People die randomly. You know, whatever it may be. Like, shit's random. Shit's random. So then we build these, like I said, cathedrals. And in those places, we get to watch how much order can you impose on the chaos. That's a a great way to put it. Fuck it, A. How much order can you impose on the chaos? And that's what's so exciting. So when I see... I'm not watching a highlight reel of you shooting... I mean, I guess it would be interesting to see how you practice. I, I bet diehard fans would love to see that. But I'm watching you... So the the other I'm not even trying to be cute comedy guy who doesn't know about sports. So the other team goes in for a, a drive. They're driving, yeah, driving, driving, and they miss. Yeah, and then there's a rebound, and then the other your side that you're we trying sprint to down court. You're yeah. sprinting down court, yeah. and they're throwing you the ball. But someone followed you, and then you're shooting from like a weird spot on the court. You know what I mean? Not. <laughs> Yeah. You know, that place that in video games and maybe you in real life instinctually yeah. go to this spot. It yeah. feels nice to shoot. You're shooting from like three, four feet behind the three-point line. <laughs> and that goes in. And you looked rushed and you were fouled. Yeah. Then we go fucking nuts. Because yeah. we go, look, order. <laughs> it's like justice was served. <laughs> you know what I mean? Life has always tried. The kids are crying. The phone is yeah. ringing. But dad was cool. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it, like, it sounds like... I'm just like willing that into existence. But you're also asking the question as you shoot the ball: Will right, it go in? Right. And and there's a, there, there's the sort of the the preparation aspect. So there is the the being alone in the gym. There is writing your jokes down in That's a notebook right. by yourself. And, and then the illusion that you're just them. good at basketball. That's <laughs> yeah. the same. I'm sorry to interrupt. That's yeah. the, I'm just so excited. Yeah. That's the same thing. It's so dull. Be like the work. It's all getting out of bed and, and writing shit down, and yeah. you don't know if it's any good. And then you go on stage and you're doing an impression of a, of a funny person. Yeah. And it's not quite the same because you are just kind of objectively an athlete. Yeah. But you're doing an impression of a guy who's just like, I'm just good at basketball. <laughs> you know what I mean? We know that you put a lot of work in, but we weren't there for it. Right. And then we delight in the sort of Herculean, oh, did that go in? But Whoops. It's, but I, I'm sure this this happens. I mean, I, I know this happens. Uh, with comedians, but uh, you know, no matter how much you practice and how much you prepare, there's 
there's always moments of self doubt. There's all I can be in the middle of a game and yeah. be like, man, I'm just I'm just not really good. Yes. I'm not good. I'm not as good as I thought I was. Because aren't you tapping into something that you hope shows up? Yes. Right. Yeah. When I'm writing yeah. or I'm performing, there's sometimes when I'm just like, it's not there. I ate the same thing. I slept. Well, I'm always looking at the alchemy and the ingredients. Yeah, right. I slept the same. I'll even go so far as to be like, I had sex or I didn't have sex. <laughs> I ate sugar. I didn't eat sugar. I had some coffee or I didn't have coffee. Yeah. And sometimes all the ingredients are there, and you're just like, I, I liken it to an antenna. I just can't pick up the song mm-hmm. on the radio. So you might have been doing everything you were supposed to be doing, yeah. but there's always an X factor, isn't there? There you're is. You're out there and you're there like, is. fuck, I should be. Because there's other things, ha- like at least in our sport, there's other things happening. There's nine other players on the court. You yeah. have referees. It's too many. There's coaches. Yeah. There's a lot of things going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like I'm playing an individual sport. Let me ask you something. When you you're talking about the the alchemy and the ingredients, because yeah. I, I think about this all day long. I mean, me this too. Is, this is what all artists I, have in common. And, all, um, all people probably that are would before you get ready to go on stage. Are there times where you're like, oh, man, I don't know if I have it tonight. Yes, and you know what I say to myself? I don't know what the basketball equivalent <laughs> is. I always say whether I mean it or not. I go, yeah. it's not about the words, because the bad sets are the sets where I go, what am I going to open with? Yeah. I have to imagine there's. You're like, okay, I'm going to – I don't know. I don't want to sound like yeah. I'm condescending, but yeah. maybe you're like, I'll go high energy at the game. I don't know. I'm guessing. <laughs> I'll go high energy. But for me, I'm like, what do I say? Like some days what I've done thousands of times seems so foreign and alien that I'm like, I'm going to go out there and what? what is the first thing you say? Yeah. And then you go, it's not about the words. And mm-hmm. it's not. And it's not about just your fundamentals or whatever. It's about your psychology and it's about getting – see, the confidence of shooting a three. Yeah. That's what you were saying earlier. Going up for a dunk, I have to imagine people love memes and stuff, people getting rejected and yeah. falling or whatever. Yeah. House of Highlights is a great Instagram account. Is that, is that yeah, just people – It's just basically, yeah, p- random <laughs> shit that happens during an NBA game or a, a football game. There's actually a lot of bottle flipping on House of Highlights. Is that right? Too. Yeah, so, all, so the, all the cool internet stuff that happens, it's on that. Sometimes so, yeah. I worry about – I follow amazing vids or whatever. <laughs> it's just – it's like that but for yeah. everything. There's yeah. sometimes sports things. Yeah. And I'm like, shit, this is re- making regular life too boring. I think I have to unfollow it because I'm like – I'm in my car at a red light and I just saw a volcano erupt and a goat <laughs> surfed down the lava. And then I'm like, how am I going to enjoy – an old lady crossing the street like <laughs> right. life sucks. So anyway, uh, the the shooting is this what we were talking about? The confidence of the shooting. You're talking about the, the words. So you go on stage and you're like, oh, it's not about the words, and right. you're like, how do you even start? Right. Yeah. And then I have to imagine that there are days the psychology that you're yeah. going through, the mood that you're in. Yeah. But a lot of us just for no reason. That's why when I film a special or something, or I have to imagine you have a big game, yeah. you're just kind of hoping, praying. That on that day, at that time, you'll feel yeah. like playing. Yeah. Not just like rested and fed, yeah. but like t- – let's talk a little bit about confidence because that's something Aaron and I talked about. Yeah. And, and I have to – I can see it in your playing. It's a, it's a very bold thing. It's the opposite of a shy bladder to like be <laughs> on the – far away from the rim and, and shoot yeah. it because if it doesn't – it's almost like I don't even want to get in your head. I'm sure you've considered. If it doesn't go in, it's humiliating. But it does go in. Yeah. And it, it doesn't feels go so in every good. time. But no, it's <laughs> it's it's interesting because you, you talked about how sometimes you're like, how do I even start? And like there are some games where I'm like, How how do I score one basket? You know, like <laughs> I'm thinking that to myself. Like it just seems so hard. Right? And then other times it's just like 
you look up and you're like, oh, I've hit eight threes and I've got 30 points. That's that, right. that, was, that was easy. That's right. That was easy. But getting in a rhythm is something it, that it we is, have in it common, is, too. It is rhythm. It I remember is rhythm. playing basketball yeah. and someone was like, stop uh, passing it. Or you should pass it to that guy because he's in his rhythm. Yeah. And I didn't even, oh, yeah. of course, you got to give it yeah. to my friend because he's hitting. Yeah. You get, and what is that? It's, it's not just muscle memory. I guess you have warmed up. But all the players warmed up before the game. Yeah. It's his dick is hard. I'm not trying to be crude. <laughs> his, I am being crude, but I'm not yeah. trying. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's, he's confident and yeah. he's, it's the same sort of confidence that happens in sex. It's the same sort of confidence yeah. that happens in the universe that makes the world go round. He's there. He got to that spot where we right. all know we're fragile. Your eyeballs are exposed just like mine. I could poke yeah. your fucking eye. I could hit you in the balls. You're vulnerable just like me, but you you got to that Superman place. Yeah. And it's intoxicating. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it is. It is. No, I <laughs> But how do you, on the days you don't have So it, it is it is a little bit of like rhythm is timing. I mean rhythm is timing. You know, it's it's delivery. Right. Um, right. You know, I'm. It is the if same. You're doing stuff? an improv group. It's the same stuff. Right. You know, you're feeding off the other four guys you're playing with. Um, that's all rhythm. And when you're in that rhythm zone, whatever you want to call it, like it's not even confidence. It all. It, yeah. Everything just kind of flows. It. There's like an energy that flows. It's a music, and it, it, it. It's one thing like when you're in a slump. I feel like that's when you got to be like when you're not making shots. You got to be like. I'm the fucking best shooter in the right. world, and, like, and, and I need, yeah. I'm going to make the next shot. Like, right. that's what you tell yourself. Right. It's when you're not playing well that you need to have confidence. When you are playing well, it just fucking happens. Right. It just happens. Batman having a bad night can be heard whispering to himself, I'm fucking Batman. <laughs> but on a good night, he doesn't need to remind himself that he's Batman. Yeah. He just is that's, Batman. He just he's is. Like, the you're grappling just, hook just hit the gargoyle yeah. perfectly. <laughs> I zipped yeah. away. Yeah. Nobody saw me. Yeah. That's so funny. You need confidence when you're down. Yeah. When you're up, you're you're in that sweet and it's the same thing that's how creativity feels for me it feels like a flow it feels like something you're i know we're getting kind of heady but it's like you feel bigger than yourself you literally are you're five guys yeah and and there's a timing and a rhythm and a music to it i what i think why that's why we love it alley-oops or you know you pass it and they dunk uh, that's an alley yeah. Yeah, so he, alley-oops. Yeah, Chris Paul will throw an, a pass to DJ in the air. He'll catch it in the air and dunk it. Why do we love that? Yeah. It's how, how the fuck does that happen? It's incredible. It's an organic connection. It's because yeah. it's, and, and, and in it's, improv, you mentioned improv, it's yeah. called group mind. Yeah, 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 group mind. Like everybody became uh-huh. one. So that's another thing. I'm not trying to impose my world. I am. I'm imposing my world beyond basketball. But you're watching something greater than the sum of its parts. You're sure. watching agreement. You're watching cooperation. It's the reason why we're in this building right now. It's the reason that we all have food. We like watching human beings gather together and achieve. We also like watching boxing and things that are just one dude. But, like, that's him kind of inner strength stuff. But you guys are doing something even trickier, maybe. Cooperation is a word we use a lot. But it's interesting because when you you watch sports, people will say, I don't like watching them play. And they could be a really good team that wins a lot of games. You're like, I don't like watching them. Why don't you like watching them play? Uh, there's there's friction there's not uh, cooperation well there's tension it's is it fi- here's the problem and it happens. Improv, it five happens. S- lone wolf stars five people that want to be stars yeah see that's that's that i have to imagine that happens in basketball yeah. that if you have five guys that want to be i don't know anybody i'll say lebron james mm-hmm. they all want to be lebron and have mm-hmm. their own shoe maybe they're not going to pass as much you know what i'm saying yeah. <laughs> to me to, to no to, to but listen that's a good point to me to me, baseball is an individual sport masked as a team sport. Yeah, football is is 
the ultimate team sport where each guy has a specific job to do. One on guy's every missing, play. it doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If one of those defenders, yeah, if an offensive lineman blows his block, it's over. It's the play's over. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right? The play's over. Right. Uh, and then, and then there's basketball where that's it's somewhere in between. And because of the way our league is marketed, yeah. It's 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 it LeBron fav- James and the Cavaliers. It favors show plays Carmelo Anthony and the New York Knicks. So right. there, it, it favors sort of, you know, I don't want to say this. It, it does favor putting the individual above For the team sure. at times. People say I love the '85 Bulls or whatever. You love Michael Jordan. I, I know there were other dudes there, but yeah, like, right. if you, I grew, knew if you about watched that. sports in the '90s, right, right, you loved Michael. Did Jordan. I say it too early in the '90s. '85. Yeah. That was the Bears. I think that was the Bears. <laughs> ah, that's right. That's what I was thinking. '85. Yeah. '85 Bears. Bears. Yeah. Chicago. Yeah, it's fine. But it, I, I, you know, I feel like you know the Celtics when I was growing up. It would be like Larry Bird. You wanted to find the guy. And then there is a celebrity culture. Sometimes when I'm – I've had this conversation with people. I'm like, if you could be a celebrity in any sport, which one would you pick? Oh, it's basketball. It's basketball. It's, it's easy. That's an it's easy, easy. It's easy. I love you know. You're not wearing a helmet. You've had this you're conversation not a, before. You're not wearing a mask. That's no, right. No, it's, it's an easy thing. That's hidden. You look and, like and every the, guy. think about where the fans sit at yes. games. Yes. You can go high-five a fan. That's it's right. Easy. <laughs> Last night, I almost ran a 12-year-old girl over going <laughs> to stand. So, like, yeah, you're right there. No concussions. I mean, you well, do get they, concussions, they happen, but yeah. you're, not, you're not deliberately trying to yeah. wreck someone's brain. It's not part of the game in, when it's played straight right. to hurt each other, right? No, it's not. I mean, it, it happens, but it's not. But it's not like hockey. It's not like hockey. Um, you know, the fighting in hockey. There used to be fighting in the NBA. It used to be a very common thing. I played thing. NHL 97. <laughs> But no, and obviously in hockey they still fight. I mean, it's still part of the game. They right. they they basically cleaned up the try to clean up the image of the NBA. Some of it is racist. Let's be honest. What are you talking about? Well, uh, hockey players are white. You uh-huh. know? And, oh, so and it's basketball okay. Basketball players are are mostly black. It's okay for white dudes to fight. You it's tell like, me. It's like I, weird I, colonial thinking. It's like two gentlemen are having fisticuffs. People, as opposed but people to, say like uh, yeah. the, the argument for, for hockey players still being able to fight. Well, it's part of the culture of hockey. Well, in the 70s and 80s in NBA basketball, people fought all the time. Like but again, Bird I think it comes back to where the, the fans are. You know, like and there's no glass. There's no protective. Yeah, glass. there's no protective. You glass. want to throw up the protective glass right. like indoor soccer? We'll let you fight. Each other. <laughs> yeah. No, that is interesting. I haven't considered that. It's there, part, but there's a lot. There's some race things going on in basketball that are a little bit uncomfortable. I remember the Chappelle bit where he's like, a, a jump shot is a terrible thing to waste. I never. I don't it's remember. kind of like a point. Like it used to be, a mind is a terrible thing to waste. Yeah. But he's like. Uh, white culture a lot of times only gives a shit about a young black man if he can it's, if he can spin three times before he dunks it. Yeah. Obviously, that is true, and it's obviously unfair. It's not obviously true. There's certainly thousands of examples, you know. But in the broad scheme of things, rich white men give a yeah. shit when you're very good at basketball. I al- I'm always like fascinated by people's perception of uh, my my teammates. Mm-hmm. Like people will ask me. Oh, what you know? What's he like? I bet he's done it. And yeah. they spout out these like very prejudiced things that they have in their mind yeah. about African young African Americans. And I'm right. Like, well, I, well, actually, he's he's got a family. He's a great guy. He's right. one of the smartest people I know. Like, right. What I mean, what do you want me to say? I remember like, when Scottie Pippen would be like, people would get he'd get he he was very intellectual. He'd yeah. Probably still. Yeah. He's he's around. Yeah. He's around. He's alive. I, he's like I'm a nerd. <laughs> I'm a nerd. I like yeah. books. People yeah. call me a nerd, and I'm like, I'm proud. And I watched that when I was a kid, and I remember it changing my thought yeah. of athletes. Yeah. I think I was too young to be like, 
Well, I probably it's all like athletes in general. It's, it's not even just black athletes and, and African American athletes, but it's like it's like all there's a hip hop element though. Like it, no, it's like we, it gets perpetuated in in pop culture. You know, in every right. high school movie, it's the dumb jock. You know, right? And so, it, but then the 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 black athlete we like Jordan didn't do this. There's there's countless examples of people that didn't do this, but I think people Lil Wayne black athletes they're like he must have oh, crunk man. juice or whatever <laughs> or or that they spend their money foolishly or something when you're just like what the fuck are you talking no. about that's insane well the, the, the two it's like we know this in every aspect of our society you know the media focuses on the negative and so the the, the negative stories get told the stories of athletes that go broke gets told the stories right. of athletes that That's build right. foundations that give millions of dollars away the, the stories of athletes that build generational wealth right though that doesn't get told. we just want to find the ones that are on crack yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> just, this guy was on crack let's do 60 minutes <laughs> yeah. he was smoking crack with all that money did you I, I don't know if you've seen the espn 30 for 30 going broke no okay so they did like a I'm whole, a whole documentary down. on this um it was really fascinating stuff um, but I think the hardest, the hardest part, like in regards to that is, and, and I deal with this too. Uh, and I think whatever, you know, your race and background is like, you're going to deal with this, but the, the hardest part is like, people don't understand necessarily like really how much money you make. And, and so they're just constantly asking for things and asking for handouts. And are so, you telling me that like the salaries are reported as one thing, but by the time it gets to you, it's Yeah, I mean, you know, taxes and we pay managers. escrow, we pay our agents. Like you it, pay it, escrow it, on your salary? Yeah. I say that like I know what escrow is. I so know we, pay, <laughs> we pay 10% of our, our, our gross salary uh-huh. automatically goes into an escrow account. Uh-huh. Uh, for a house? <laughs> no, to... <yeah. laughs> no, it's complicated, but basically we have a collective bargaining agreement where you get 51% of all revenue, owners get 49 To ensure that the owners get 49 10% of our salary during the season goes to this escrow account. They do the final uh, audit at, at July 1st, uh-huh. and then they say, you're going to get back 3% of your uh, escrow account. Some years we've gotten none back. Right. Some years we get all 10% back. It's like a tax refund, but millions of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Potentially. Yeah, but, if, but, Potentially. but I, I mean, I, don't, I think NHL has that, but I think those are the only two sports that, that have fighting that negotiation. No, that has uh, <laughs> an escrow. The punching white guys? fucked up, man. <laughs> it's culture. <laughs> it's, I've never thought about that. You've already said two things that have blown my mind. One, that we let white guys fight each other. That's insane. That's insane. Am I wrong? You're not wrong. I've just never thought about it. And two, that you're confident when you're down, not when you're up. I think you're so uh, yeah. right about that. It's so interesting. But anyway, I'm sorry. Uh, we're talking about you don't get as much money, so they project this image on some of your yeah, players. Yeah, no. And so, so basically there's just, you know, the people are uh, always like, just they just there's always people asking you for things and and uh and there's an expectation with either people you grew up with or family members there's yeah. an expectation that you have right that you're going to take care of them isn't that the show survivor's guilt do you have survivor's guilt you must have some survivor's guilt yeah i mean i have it with my own family i do <laughs> no i do i met, i'm literally i was te- on my my way up here I'm having this te- text conversation with my wife at every stoplight, and uh, it's <laughs> literally about like you know I love my family, they're great, but like I, I feel like this is this underlying tension at all times. And what sucks for you even double <laughs> is if your dad is a sports fan. Yeah, sure. Sure. I'm, I'm, yeah. So he's like aware. He's been. It's like your dad. Your whole life has been following your career before it was even your career. Whereas my dad doesn't really necessarily know <laughs> much about show business. I'll be like, yeah. sometimes just to 
help him understand. It was actually an act of desperation. I'll be like, you know, when I did that show, you know what they paid me, and it's not like tons of money, but it, I, he gets a kick out of it. Your dad already knows, and then your salary is public, and yeah. it's like disputed, and I, I don't know if it's disputed, it, but it's like it's, new, public. it's news. It's public, yeah. JJ Reddick got yeah. this much money, and then your dad. I, let's not say it's your dad, but I have to assume that just like a rapper or a movie star or whatever, yeah. people are like. Do they, is it just? I don't want to make you uncomfortable, but is it just like, hey, can I have some money? And and is it with the attitude of like, you put an orange ball, you were given this gift, <laughs> no. you, oh, if I had your no. frame, I mean, like, I think anybody I've ever done anything for has been grateful. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think it's it's like hard because it's like, well, when does it end? Does it end in retirement? You know, does it end Funny. when I knew when you were my, when say my that. kids take over the trust? Like, when yeah. did, when does it end? Right. I mean, that's I think that's the hard. And when part. does it end for for them? If you say, "Can I have ten thousand yeah. dollars for this? My my kid needs uh, yeah. braces or whatever." Yeah. And then you say, "Okay, I've I've observed other well off people be like, okay, if I do that." That it's like give a mouse a cookie sort of thing. Not yeah. that these people are our enemies, They're but not. it's like I love my family to death. I love my course, friends. That's to what death. makes it I, interesting. If it was just someone on the street that said, "Hey, JJ, give me ten grand," you'd be like, "Fuck you." Yeah, yeah. But when it's someone you love and you do care about, yeah. but it it does start an interesting cycle potentially. Okay, I'll pay for the braces, but what do I do when she and, wants hair extensions? Right, and that's a great point. That's I think that's the fear that that you have right. is like you need boundaries. It's a slippery slope. The boundaries. You go to therapy. And, <laughs> I've, ha- I've had therapy. That's ther- boundaries. Yeah. That's all they're going to teach <laughs> yeah. you. They're just going to say you need some healthy boundaries. I did three years of therapy, and then I did another court mandated year of therapy. That's funny. You've you've run lines. Is that what it's called? Sprints. Sprints. Yeah. You've done sprints more than therapy. Because <laughs> you've probably cumulatively done more sprints yeah, than three probably, years. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. Definitely. Um, that that wasn't even me teasing. I'm glad that you've done some, but I have to imagine public persona they understand and they think that you're making you they think you get a check for the amount that you were right. promised let me give you an example of this. Yeah, please. so the end of my rookie year um i was uh hanging out with my family and uh a girl i used to date in uh, in north carolina and uh, my brother had to go to the airport so he's like let me borrow your atm card i need some some cash to go back to school so i said okay great so he goes you gave to him your atm card yeah he, here's the code whatever okay gave my atm card so he goes with my sister and, and this girl, and they are all at the bank, and he gets out, I don't know, 200 bucks. And my sister was like, let's get a receipt to look at his account balance, oh right? Oh, my God. So they look at it, and I don't know what was in there. Let's just say 60 grand, okay? Sure. And the girl, smart girl, goes, uh, wait, that's all he has left? <laughs> Thinking like, well, you've been you know, living yeah, like Leonardo DiCaprio. Right, right. So like, I think my, my first contract was guaranteed for like, Two years, uh, three point something, right? Yes. And so she's thinking like, oh, wow, in the span of he's a year, he's nuts. got a year left in this contract. He's got 60 grand yes. left. He's gone crazy. It's his checking. Um, That's funny, Neil Brennan. No, we get paid every two weeks. I mean, we get, Oh, is that it too? Yeah, we get paid every two weeks. Just oh, like a normal know. person, first first and the 15th. But after the year, you've gotten all that money though. Yeah, so we our pay cycle runs like November 1st. Is the, is the first check you get for that season. So the season's already started. You're like a month into the season when you get your first check. Okay. Or November 15th, I should say. And then it runs to the next November but 1st. But do you find, do you have rich guy thing where it's like people comp meals and, and it's like now that you have money, you don't need it as much. <laughs> it's like, where were you when I was, uh, you know, in high school or whatever it was? I feel like you were doing okay ever since college. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, I, I'll give you an example of, of um, growing up playing basketball. I used... Um, 
I used my sisters. My sisters were tall, and they were they were older than me, so I used their hand me down basketball shoes for like the first three years I played basketball. Uh-huh. Because um, we couldn't afford, like we just couldn't afford a sixty dollars pair of shoes. That's sure. just that was our reality. And, I guess um, I'm picturing and oh, now I'm, a lady shoe is isn't like it's not like yeah. my little. No, they're like pretty. Uni- they were unisex. Yeah, yeah. They were like Converse. Yeah, you know they were like their team shoes, and then they'd wear them for a year, and they'd pass them down to me for the there next you go. year. So you know we we, I, we we couldn't afford sixty dollars shoes, and now like I'm 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 fairly well off. You know I sure. I make good money playing in the NBA, and I have a contract with Adidas, and I get as much free shoes as I want. Right, but I can afford to go buy shoes, but I just I get that's, free shoes. That's it's what weird. I'm saying. It's weird. That's a very strange phenomenon. It's weird. It's like yeah. you should be buying your shoes, but now <laughs> they're giving you your shoes. Yeah. But that's a very common thing. But what is money? I guess here it's a leading question, but I'm going to tell you where I'm leading. You. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Full transparency. <laughs> I bet it's not about money for you. Are you finding meaning in your life? I have to think that like yeah. you like your order, you like playing, you like the harmony, the synergy. And I, it, I don't I, – again, I'm leading you to, towards you. Say, let me just yeah. ask. Yeah. What does money mean to you? Um, Instead of me saying, I bet you you're an integrity guy. I think, I th- <laughs> no. I think for me um, – when when you're growing up and you're dreaming of doing something, it was never I'm I'm dreaming of being rich. Yeah, it was never that. It was I'm. I've dr- led you there. I was dreaming of playing basketball at the highest level. We right. were talking about this levels earlier, right? The best way to measure yourself is to play in the NBA. Right. So that was the dream. It wasn't about money. Now. The lifestyle that has been afforded me, I, I'm I'm very grateful for. Right, and um, I, I don't have like a crazy lifestyle. I mean, I you know I I cook most nights. I do my own dishes. Like you know, I, right. I, pretty normal shit. I drive a Chevy Tahoe. Right, you know, I I, I just what's the license plate? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I, I, it, it's for me. Like money doesn't really have meaning. I, I'm into watches. Let me the, watches huh? are my one vice that I, I like vintage watches and. I had a teammate once who was like... Mine's cocaine. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I, so my teammate, he asked me one time, he's like, so wh- which of your watches, like, would you, would, like, if, if someone, like, stole it, would you kill for? And I was like, fuck, none yeah. of them. Yeah, They're yeah, a yeah. thing. I don't yeah, fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. care. Like, yeah. I would kill someone for my family, like right. my, my, my wife and two kids. Yeah, like, but your watches aren't That's the meaning of 10 life. grand for braces. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. No, the meaning and the meaning in life is like is like people. Like to me, it's it's all about people, and that's like why we were created. I think to just have interactions with each other. Exactly. Yes, and also, wouldn't you agree that having a reason to get out of bed in the morning is is very nice? And I, people throw that phrase yeah. around a lot. Yeah. But I really think, again, we've built this system. We yeah. did it for our amusement. Yeah. The basketball system, but you're in it. So we're like, ooh, the playoffs. But you're like, ooh, the playoffs. Like yeah. it, it's different yeah. for you. So you more than well, watches. Let me, let me interrupt you. Have you real urgency. Quick. Yeah. Well, let me interrupt you real quick. Sure. Meaning, meaning, you're talking about getting out of bed in the morning, finding something. I, I have a few friends that uh, um, work in the tech industry, and uh, inevitably, like they'll they'll sell a company, and they can go sit on a beach for the rest of their life. the rest of their life. Right. They're good. Right. They don't want to do that. That's right. They they have all the money in the world. You know what they are? They're two year olds organizing <laughs> their shoes. <laughs> they are. They're going like I want to build. I want to build. I want to build something. I want to create something. I want the red one, sex of the blue. <laughs> yeah, it's not about more. It's right. about. It's about. It's like finding meaning in what you're doing. But it's about why does a basketball going in the net, even when you're alone, feel good? Is because something yeah. happened in that 
beautiful flow mm-hmm. way. So creating things, I, I told you that that reminded me of what it feels like to write, to sit down and to write yeah. can feel like, holy shit, I'm in the, pass me the ball. I'm in the <laughs> rhythm. And you're just passing the ball to yourself. Uh, that that's meaning to me. Yeah. It's not about anything else. It's about why does Judd Apatow, who I'm doing the show with, continue to make stuff? Talk about a guy who should be at St. Bart's. Right. Because what, what it's not cash. That's why I run from anyone that goes, I just want to be famous. I just want to be rich. Right. It's like a fucking scary thing. How is your life? Well, the, other two, the other thing, too, is like I expect – well, I'm going to lead you a little bit, so I, I probably know your answer. But in, in, in basketball – there's, there's, we call it the grind, right? And I'm sure in, in comedy, there's yeah. the grind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, if you're, if you're only after chasing money, you'll never survive the grind. You'll never get past Can the grind. Can you hit it, please? Yeah. You'll never get past the grind. <laughs> and so for me, that's it's like, that's why there's I, the grind. I, I li- yeah, exactly. That's what, that's what the grind is for. Yeah. It's what's twofold. The, well, what's the old saying? Like, if it was easy, everybody would that's do it. That's right. Yeah. So it's like, if, for, for me, it's like, I love. And I didn't. I, my my first three years of my career was was a fucking grind. I thought yeah. I was gonna be out of the league. Yeah. And um, but I just I loved working and I loved the game so much yeah. that you know I ended up having a having a couple breaks and I made it. You have. I love that the way that things happen organically. We keep saying organically. To get good at basketball, you have to grind. Yeah. But to to filter out the people who don't belong in basketball, we have the grind. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It's it's necessary yeah. and it has this added benefit when you're doing open mics. You know, we're all flabby and soft <laughs> comedians. <laughs> Actually, there's a lot of weird fit ones now that I don't care for. But anyway, we're They're not... doing CrossFit. Yeah, and they probably are. It <laughs> yeah. seems like a big thing. But, you know, we're going and we're eating our nuts. That's what we say. You're, you're eating your balls. It's just like the worst thing you can think of because that's what it feels like to bomb. But you do that for a couple of years. You start to get okay. And that's why... I'll give you another example. When I came to Judd with the show idea, the TV show for Crashing, the first thing he had me do was a shit ton of writing. Why? Because he's Miyagi-ing me. He wants me to... He's like, oh, you want to yeah. learn karate? Rake my lawn. Yeah. It's Fight Club. You want to be in uh, Project Mayhem? Stand on the porch for three days. These initiation processes, mm-hmm. I think, are modeling almost like athletic processes. The building muscles, the tearing, the no pain, no gain thing. We know from exercise and from what you guys do that suffering leads to excellence ours is internal and psychological but it's the same thing i do reps on like my mom is too <laughs> loving or whatever it was yeah. so that later i can look effortless and smooth we figured I, this it all out. this exists <laughs> in a lot of professions though and and honestly yeah. i would say medical the, the, the more lucrative the profession <laughs> yeah the, the the tougher the grind that's right so like even in investment banking right the, the the if you're an analyst and you're you're you know your first two years your hours are fucking ridiculous. That's There's right. so many people that say like I wanted to do investment banking because the money was good, but I just I, I couldn't do the hours. Right. Well, once you know once you get past the grind, That's the right. hours get better. Your lifestyle improves a little bit. That's right. You make more money, and this is why. So ch- they're like fil- You're like you're you're constantly filtering out people. That's right. I think that's one of the reasons why uh, children of rich people, successful people often have a hard time finding their way uh, because they don't, they don't necessarily have the grind, necessarily. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You hear a lot of stories like you borrowing your sister's shoes. You hear a lot of stories like my father, whose dad died when he was 15 and he took over the oil delivery route. You know what I mean? These are yeah. classic yeah. stories yeah. because he wanted it. He was going in to that, like, what's the thing that makes the uh, DeLorean run in Back to the Future? 
it's not plutonium. It's the whatever the Y thing. Yeah, he had something in his core that kept him going, like some sort of drive that you could. We call it a grind because if you don't have a lot of whatever is being ground, you're going to quit. Yeah. So it's like this little core, this little diamond, and you go, he can be with us. And now you get to go to Bora Bora with your investment banking money, money and you know, get a BJ while you sit on my tie because you sacrifice how many mornings did you sacrifice? And we hate it. This is why we comedians tend to hate uh, – I'm not speaking for myself necessarily – Overnight YouTube sensations. Mm-hmm. Somebody upload. I'm not saying these people aren't talented. I'm saying they're they're great. But we don't we don't know. It's like they just started kind of talking to themselves in their bedrooms, and then they something caught on fire. Talented, funny, good people. But like we love to know the like yeah. But where's the blood? Yeah. Where's the blood? <laughs> yeah. We want to know that they really. Yeah. Obviously, they do. But we didn't see it. We didn't see yeah. the. We don't know that they had to like go and hat I, in hand. To I, a it's club probably easier to see the blood with athletes because of what you're talking, like the yeah. physical fitness. You're like, oh, that guy. If, if there's a, a fat, out of shape basketball right. player, it like shows up on the court. You're like, That's eh, right. That guy didn't grind. He didn't. You know, he, he didn't do anything this off season. He ate donuts this off That's season. right. And you have to keep grinding. Yeah. yeah and we really, grinding. really love that feeling. I was going to ask you about the the theater of it because when you in the highlight reel, one of the highlight reels I watched of you, you got knocked over shooting a three. And you do something that a lot of basketball players do, which is you kind of make a face like, what was that? And you hold it. <laughs> yeah. It reminds me of going yeah. to the theater. Yeah. Like, again, if you fell over alone, I'm not, we're all posturing all the time. We're all emoting posturing, and showing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's part of the show. Yeah. You're making that face not for you. You're making it for us <laughs> be, and for the ref. I'm Not to persuade the ref, yeah. but it's just part of the dance. You it know is part of the dance. There's acting involved. That's why we hate when people are bad sports. Act like you're not flipping out inside with joy. You just won the game. Like winning the game is different. But if you did something amazing and you just kind of peacocked around, that's called bad sportsmanship. Mm-hmm. Even or act- if you lose and you you act like a, a yeah. asshole, sore loser, like, yeah. Yeah. sore loser, sore winner. Yeah. You're supposed to act like it was no big deal, and you're supposed to act like you're more shocked. How could I have been fouled? <laughs> Would you agree? Yeah, my wife makes fun of me because of this. Like she, she's like, I know what you were doing there. I saw the face ah, you made. You know, isn't so like, that funny? I'm cu- like, you are you're selling, you're selling yourself to the ref. Sometimes, sometimes you're you are you're selling yourself to the crowd. Yeah, you know, oh, that to, that really hurt. Yeah, can I get some applause here? That really right. hurt. That's you know? right. I'll sell like if like. Um, if I get hit in the face, I tend to get hit in the face a lot or like the yeah, side of the, the head, in the elbow. Real, I saw yeah, you get yeah. hit in the face a lot. And so like, I just, I don't know why. I got hit in the face last night. And then they were like, he just shot one with one eye. Yeah. Because they were talking about it. He just got poked in the yeah, eye. Yeah. And so like, I, 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 I just, you just like sell it. Like, you, oh, it hurts. It it's hurts. theater. Okay. I'm good. I'm good. But you know, what? I'm going to sell it for like five more seconds. Yes. yes. It's a and show. It, it builds, it builds the, the drama. It builds the, right. the, the crescendo. That's why people give me a hard time for laughing at my own jokes. Could I? I not laugh at my own jokes? Of <laughs> fucking course. What am I, a crazy person? But am I trying to perform? Am I trying to be in a space where I can remember what makes my joke so funny? Absolutely. It's, sh- it's a show. It's a show for me, too. I'm doing it. I'm not being phony. You're not being phony as much as there's something... We all know in the play, yeah. you know... In, but uh, it's, it's not, the guy doesn't it's, really it's die. It's not phoniness to me because, to me... And I'm sure, I'm sure when you're on stage, well, I know you're on stage because I've, I've done public speaking before, right. but you have to be on. 
Yeah. And so part of being on is being emotional. And responsive. Is being dramatic, is yes. being responsive. And so, like, to me, like, it's all part of the game. That's right. It is part of the and game. And it's a choice that you make as a performer. Yeah. Again, if I was like, oh, my style suits me more to be deadpan and not laugh, <laughs> I'll do that. My style suits me more to be joyful and happy and yeah. enjoying it as well. So I'll do that. Yeah. We do what we do. Right. And you do what you do to get the call that you need to get the play that you want. And, and, I, and same for me. I feel like I'm a better player when I'm sort of emotionally on. If I detach myself at all, I love it. I'm not as good. I'm just, I, I know it. that. Like there's like a, it's the edge. It's the edge. And part of the edge is the competitive edge. But yeah. part of the edge too is like, all right, you know what? I'm on. I'm selling this. I'm talking. I'm talking to the ref. I'm. 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 I'm pretending to do something to the bench. And How then I'm mad gonna, would we yeah. be if you didn't? It would be such a heartbreaker if you're just like either way. <laughs> and it's, I'm going to count it as a serendipity that you said the edge because I say this all the time on this podcast that Bono, you know, Bono and the Edge. Huh? Bono said, "I can't hit the notes if I'm not in it. If I'm not feeling the emotion of the song, like literally, mm-hmm. he can't contort his muscles in his throat to hit that high note." If he's not thinking about the heartbreak that made him write the song, yeah. that's exactly that's exactly it. I think that's incredible. So it, we're taxed as entertainers. It, we're, we're athletes. We're playing a this sport, but like thing? no, but this is we're taxed as entertainers. And like, <laughs> like when you think about it, people are paying money to see you on. Yeah. If you go through the motions, whether you're yes. a musician, a comedian, an athlete, if you're going through the motions, yeah. People are not getting their money's worth. That's right. They're not getting this money. That's worth. right. Don't just fuck me. Take me to dinner. <laughs> you know, go yeah. Pick a fine wine. You yeah. know what I mean? Get me a Negroni. Negroni? <laughs> Negroni. What's Negroni? Oh, get me a Negroni. <laughs> Negroni. Oh, you're saying get me in the Groni. <laughs> Work my Groni real good. No, get Buy me two Negronis. Yes, there you That's go. That's easy. Okay. You know what's fun? Uh, I was thinking about this because we met on James Corden. Yes. And there you are. Sometimes I feel this burden for actors, too. Um, Scott Bakula was the other. Yeah. I could ask him the same thing. It's funny, but it's different. You're a basketball player. You have to play good basketball. Yeah. But there are these other things that are imposed upon you, right? Um, like in Moneyball, I, I'm always fascinated with the part where they're like, uh, he's, got a, he's got an ugly girlfriend. That means he's not confident. Like I'm not saying that it needs to go into every choice you make in your yeah. life. But here you are on the same talk show as me. I'm a comedian. Obviously, you're the bigger star. I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm saying, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. <laughs> let's, let's be real. You, uh, I, I think that is the case. So you play basketball well, and now we're saying you also have to be charming and tell stories? Mm. Tell me about your tattoos, <laughs> JJ! Yeah. Why the fuck? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, what are the things... So I, I'm a comedian, now I run a TV show. So Chris Rock has this great thing where he's like, it's kind of like we're waiters, and when we get TV shows, they're like, could you run a restaurant? It's a very different thing. So you were a waiter, and now you're running a restaurant. You're a team leader. Mm-hmm. Is, is that fair to say? Yeah, I'm kind one, of like I'm one, one, of the one of the faces of the team. Yeah, one of yeah, one of them. I understand. Yeah. Good, good. Not, not as big as Chris and Blake and DJ, but probably the next tier. Yeah. Okay, I don't know who those people are. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you're you're yeah. you're on a talk show with me. Yeah. That's that's what I'm basing it yeah. on. I know who Blake Griffin is. <laughs> <laughs> but what what are some of the things? The leadership impositions, the role modeling impositions, charity impositions. I'm not saying that these are bad impositions. I'm just saying you're not expected to just play basketball. You're expected to what? Well, there's a lot that goes into it, but you know there there is uh, there is community work. Some yeah. of it 
mandated by the NBA as Is part, right? of, part of their NBA Cares program. Some of it, I had my own foundation for three years. Some of it you do on your own. Shouldn't um, we get shorter people to hand homeless people food? It's, it's a longer <laughs> journey for the basketball guy to lower the tray. I agree. These people are hungry. Um, that's, I mean, that's, that's one thing. But, you know, like, for me, um, I and par- partially, you know, I I had my own pod- I have my own podcast. Yeah, what's and, it called? Plug it. Don't be. A no, it's, uh, it's called the Vertical Podcast. I'm taking a little bit of a break right now. I did 40 episodes in 40 weeks, and I took a little bit of a break this season. But I'm doing it again. What's um, the premise? Premise is like what we're doing right now. Just chatting. Just chatting. Two guys. Chatting. Yeah, and and I usually open with something if there's something pertinent, um, whether it's like. Something happened on the court, free agency, something I you know need to address, and so it's almost like I've become like part of the media in uh-huh. a weird way. And so now, <laughs> in the last like, yourself. well, I've always kind of had a lot of media responsibilities, but especially now in the last like two or three years, being in LA, which is you know the second biggest media market for the NBA, um, you know, I have a lot of responsibilities in that regard. We have to learn how to talk. Yeah, like you're not. I'll uh, give you an example, like yeah. like. Um, you know, I got paid to do this, but but Dove did this campaign during March Madness about sort of fan civility. It was one of the reasons I was on the Corden show. Oh, was that's to, right. Was to plug this this campaign for Doug Dove, and um, and I, I I wouldn't have been asked to do that if I couldn't have articulated. That's right. The message of the campaign, right? And so that's just one of the things that you know I I sort of have to deal with. Um, you know, f- because our game, our revenue is based on fans. Every fan interaction you have is part of your job. Interesting. Every single one. And whether that's at the arena, your place of work, whether it's you're at dinner and somebody comes up to you while you're eating and says, hey, can I get a picture? Right. You know, that, those interactions are important. And so how you handle those interactions are important. I wasn't always great with that, by the way. Is that true? You uh, have to learn how to be better? Yeah. I mean, because I was young. I mean, you know, it, it took I – was, I was sort of in a fishbowl when I played college basketball at Duke, so I, I had to deal with it there. But when I got to the NBA, I mean, I was, I was an asshole to people sometimes. Is that right? Yeah, it was just it's whatever my mood was, you know, boom. But my rule now is if I'm at my house, I'm, I'm at my house. Right. Don't, you know, I'm not going to be bothered there. Right. If I leave my door, if I walk out of my house – I'm on. That's funny. I have to be on. I remember Judd Apatow was, uh, it's in his book, I believe, it was so obsessed with Steve Martin, his book, Sick in the Head. Uh, he went to his house. He figured out his mailing address and went to his house. And he was like, uh, asked him for an interview. And Steve Martin kindly replied, I'm at my house. Like, that was like his boundary. Yeah. Obviously. Right. It, it makes sense. Right. Uh, but you know what I think is interesting is the temptation to become an asshole I find greater as my, whatever, success increases because I'm rewarded so much of my time to, for being decisive. People tell me two ideas and I go, I like this one. Okay. So I go home now and Val says, do you want Chinese or sushi or whatever? She wouldn't say that. But I, I would go, sushi. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And it takes a while for that to wear off. So here you are. You did the impossible thing in the NBA. You know what I mean? I, I bet there are glimpses that you get of appreciation for that. Most of the time we're like, be cool, be cool, be cool. You know, because I do the same thing. Yeah. Professional comedian, oh, be cool, be cool, yeah, be cool. Yeah. But every once in a while, maybe you're stoned and you're like, holy shit, <laughs> I'm in the NBA. Or whatever, yeah. whatever it is you say. Because yeah. I think I'm in the NBA when I'm stoned. <laughs> but what I'm saying is you're going back to decisiveness, confidence, and also a certain degree of – not mercilessness, but you are trying to like defeat your defender. You're yeah. trying to defeat a team. It might be tricky to separate J.J. Redick, the ego compartment that you have mm-hmm. for on the court. Yeah. The guy, I'm not saying you talk trash. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. But I know Jordan did. I know, do you? 
Uh, not really. It's a question I ask a lot of players. No, I don't, I don't. I used to. I used to. I feel like I asked Kyrie Irving. I can't remember what he said. It doesn't matter. But anyway, there's that guy. Just like there's yeah. that guy that performs when I do stand up. Yeah. And then you go out and you're a young man. And even though you know you and I can talk about how you know our salaries are cut or whatever, I'm putting myself in the same boat <laughs> as you. But at the end of the day, you're a young man making a lot of money, and you're in the fucking NBA, and you're on TV, and you got a lot going on. It must be tempting to be an asshole. That's what I'm interested in. Nobody just becomes an asshole. We allow them to become an asshole, and we even in our work sometimes encourage our asshole tendencies, and then it bleeds sometimes. I'm not trying to give us a pass. Yeah. It's hard to not be an asshole sometimes. It's hard – going back to the edge thing, it's hard to have an edge and not be an asshole. Like you can't you can't like be wired to have an edge and be competitive and right. then just be like a super pleasant, nice guy all the time. Right. And if you're killing Because it- sometimes what happens on the court bleeds over to off the court. That's right. Um, I can't imagine the the level of excellence you have to keep yourself at if other people aren't doing that in their yeah. jobs or in their relationship or whatever. If you're surrounded by people eating cupcakes and all you're yeah. eating is fucking whey protein, yeah. you're going to be a little bit. Well, think edgy. about this. I, you're you're. How often do you stand up now? Three times a week. Three times a week. Okay, so we play three to four games a week. Yeah. So that's three to four times a week that I have to perform at a high level. Right. And I have to meet not only my own expectations, I have to meet my, my teammates, my coaches' expectations, I have to meet fans' expectations. Yep. You know, we live in a 24-7 news media cycle now where it's just, it's constant. Right. And so you're getting it sort of from all angles. So to me, it's it's not just like, you're not just tempted to be an asshole. It's like, you're constantly on edge. <laughs> you're, you're constantly on edge. It's when are you not thing? on edge? Yeah, like, it's a fight or flight thing. You know, I'm 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 at dinner the night before a game with, let's say, my wife's family, and we we get home, and she's like, "You were you were silent. Like you didn't speak to anyone. Like what the fuck is wrong with you?" And I'm like, "I have to guard. J- you don't know who he is. Yeah. I have to guard James Harden tomorrow. I know James. It's Harden. all it's all I'm thinking about. He has I, a beard. I, the beard. Yeah. I asked him. It's all I'm thinking about. Was. You know, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not. Yeah." It's not like I'm intentionally being like, you know what, it's okay if I'm an asshole today. It's just like when I'm in the season, it's hard. Yeah. The, the hardest part for me is is uh, pregame. Yeah. So like there's a countdown clock, right? So like my pregame routine starts at 90. When 90 hits, don't fucking bother me. Yeah. Right? You have well, 90 minutes to the game? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, so my, my, my routine starts at 90. You know, I, I put you know my first set of clothes on to do my pregame workout. Ritual. I have I, I you know I see um, uh, our trainers they they put their hands on me they they you know adjust me in any any way I need to be adjusted I go do my core work um, you know I go shoot I come back for the meeting then we go out for warm ups national anthem starting lineup and then we play right mm-hmm. but in between all of that I have multiple interactions with the media I come out of the tunnel there's fans waiting to be you know get their autographs mm-hmm. there's sometimes people on the court that want a picture uh maybe uh you know our broadcast guy says uh hey you know meet my friends from orange county you know right, and i've right. got okay yeah, yeah and i'm so in the zone i'm so like i'm so focused i'm right. so singularly focused that i can come across as an asshole right and it it's I can't help it. It's like chatting with a help sniper. It. Like I'll literally be like <laughs> butt ass naked, putting my tights on, and somebody from the media will be like in the locker room and they'll be like, "Can I get you for a minute?" And right. I'll be like, "No, you can't." And right. I'll walk away. And I'll be right. like, "You know what? That, that, that seemed kind of crude, but right?" 
I, I just can't I can't help it sometimes. Somebody was telling me uh, their cop buddy told them if you have a gun, this is a weird conversation <laughs> I was having. You have to pull it out to shoot because that's what cops do. They don't pull uh, it out like on the movies where they're like, I yeah. have a gun. Yeah. Because bad guys, he said, don't hesitate. Bad guys just shoot you. So I'm not saying you're a bad guy. You're obviously not. But on the court, if you're polite, yeah. the way that you need to be to the press, you lose. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You can't go like, it's yeah. rude. If someone's dribbling, if, if James Harden is dribbling, it's rude to try and swat the ball away from <laughs> right. him and shame him yeah. and end up on that Instagram account you plug. Yeah, yeah. It's rude. But that's what we're – it's not uh, It's not animalistic, but it's almost like that sort of – it's like a wolf focus. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's my dog with a stake in the room. Nothing's going to – Right, but you have to – like you have to get yourself to that place. I'm sure you, have, you deal with it too. Like. All right, I've got three shows this week. Right. It's not like, let's say you have a Monday, Wednesday, Friday show. It's not like Tuesday and Thursday you're going to turn yourself off. You're not. I'm sorry. You're right, not. Now, right. maybe if you have like a Friday show and you don't have a show again until Wednesday. Right. You take Oh, uh, Saturday, Sunday. You know what? I'm going to relax. I'm going to decompress a little bit. Right. But when you're in it, when you're right. in it, like, and you're going day to day, like, you For don't me, turn yourself off. That's when I'm working weekends, Thursdays through Sunday. Okay. So you're doing five hour sets in a weekend. That's when you're just like, yeah. I call it coyote mode. Yeah. You're lean, mean, and you don't want to make small talk. Yeah. You can be – it's hard. I find this in the writer's room with the show. It's like I'm like, geez, I make a lot of jokes and I make a lot of like – they're not mean jokes, but they're kind of like harsh jokes. I'm mm-hmm. trying to keep my mm-hmm. adrenaline up. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm just kind of like joking around constantly. I'm like, I wonder if the room hates me. <laughs> and I'm like, I kind of can't afford to do it any other way. I have to be the guy yeah. that's singing songs or laying on the floor or whatever it is because I'm just trying to get a yeah. momentum going that will end up on the page. And you're trying to get a momentum going that will end yeah. up with that good sound. And it's, it happens similar. Like during the season, like you're in a locker room, you're on the bus, you're on the plane. Like you're around like 15 like testosterone-driven right. like ego driven guys right. and you know the way you talk is different the way you interact with people is different that's how that's what that's what you sound yeah. like you're talking about comedians and so like but i'll come home yeah and my and i'll say something to my wife and she's like that was really mean yeah. and i'm like i didn't even realize i was right. being mean but you're right, right. it was right. Right. but that's how i talk to blake you know with, that's how i speak to blake so that, i'm sorry oh my god i can't i'm not even forcing it the parallel between sports and comedy in that case yeah. is incredible because I'm trying to think of an example. You'd be hanging out at the cellar, but especially back in the day, it would be like Patrice O'Neill and there's Bill Burr and David Tell. And there's a certain way that you talk. It literally is like fencing or something. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of meanness. And if there's a joke to be made and if it's about a tragedy or if it's about an illness <laughs> or if it's about uh, something you're not supposed to joke about, more jokes. And, and uh, you know what I'm saying? Like we're trained to go yeah. – uh, a guy with a lazy eye just made fun of a, a woman with a wooden leg. You have to lean into the guy with the lazy You have to make fun of him in this situation. Yeah. That's a bad example, but my, I completely get that feeling of being wound up. How do you, how do you relax? I'm, I don't want to ask you questions you've been asked before, but I'm wondering how you relax after games when, when That's you do part. need to turn yeah. it off. That's the hardest part. Um, for me, I, I nap on game days. So Before the show? Uh, yeah, yeah, so like from 1 to 3 p.m., let's say. Usually you play around 7.30. So uh-huh. like 1, to th- 1 to 3 p.m., I nap. I wake up from my nap, I have my pregame meal, then I drink a cup of coffee. And sometimes I'll have like another half cup of coffee right before the game. Uh-huh. It's like then you have the adrenaline of the game. You've, you've gone out and you've performed. You've ran up and down this the court. Is, There's is, no like physical exhaustion to me. Like I'm yeah. wired at this point yeah, when yeah, the game's yeah, over. Yeah, yeah. I'm completely wired. Yeah. So I really have I – have, I have three choices, okay? 
When you're done. I, when I'm done. Yeah. I can either um, do nothing. Yep. And I would probably fall asleep around 5 a.m. Yep. Um, I can drink. Alcohol. Alcohol. And I'm not a heavy drinker, but that's usually a good option for yep. me. So I'll, I'll have a couple IPAs or a couple glasses of wine. Right. Uh, Literally slows your breathing. Get on, get on my HBO Go, watch Crashing. <laughs> I do. That's when I watch my shows. Because everybody's asleep at my house, so that's right. that's uh, usually when I catch up on Billions or, or yeah, you know whatever sure. show I'm watching. Yeah. Um, and, the, and the third option is is take a sleeping pill. Right. And the third option is probably my least favorite option because sleeping pills are sedatives, and so I just feel awful the next day. And right. especially when I'm around my kids, I just don't have the energy. It sounds like guys like you and me are like, God, I wish I had an off switch. Just yes. Like a, yes. Because yes. you're talking about that pregame 90 minutes. This is stupid, and maybe people will tease me for keep comparing myself to you. But the, one of the reasons I'm so happy that you were on time is because, again, to use the word alchemy, the formula, actually, of how I get ready to do this podcast okay. is, is almost like a strange spell I cast on myself. Mm-hmm. What I eat, how, what I, I'll, I will only drink a little bit of coffee. You know what I mean? Yeah. I take Alpha Brain. Do you yeah. do anything for your noggin? I have to imagine there, there's like a mental... I take supplements like um, I take a lot of omegas. Like oh really? Yeah. There's like uh, I take six pills a day: um, NAC, uh, CoQ10, uh, omega supplement, and then just some digestive stuff, uh, probiotics, and enzymes, that sort of thing. Do you ever feel the frustration that Aaron? I think when we talked a little bit about being like, "Hey, I'm more than just this meat." Because um, I have to imagine after the game, they're injecting your knee with some. These are all fucking nah, stereotypes. Yeah, and you're like, "Hey, I'm in here. I'm in. <laughs> I'm in here." You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I think I probably fought that a lot uh, in the last. Yeah, I've been in the league eleven years. I've I've fought that probably the first eight or nine years. Is that right? Yeah. You kept I, trying to like. Yeah. I'm, no, I'm more. I'm more. Yeah, I'm more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and like and, James Franco, who I admire, but he's like, I'm an actor, but I have a PhD. <laughs> yeah. Damn it! Like <laughs> I remember uh, my sophomore year at Duke, I was in a really weird place, and I didn't want to play basketball anymore because I was like, look, I, it was the first time in my life I realized like there's more to life. Sophomore year of uh, Duke. I, so you got into do, to play basketball. Yeah. So I'm. We're, and then you were like, like, maybe I'll just do semiotics. It's the it's the first semester of my sophomore year, and I remember my my twin sisters. They lived in Raleigh, which is 30 minutes from from Durham, and they met me on campus. I had dinner, and I was like, I'm I'm going to quit. I just I don't want to do this anymore. I want to do something. I just want to be a normal person. There's some other things I want to pursue. Really. La- One of them was poetry. That sounds weird. Oh. I was a terrible poet. Please <laughs> please don't Google my poetry. Is it published on the? It was Internet? in Sports Illustrated. Um, <laughs> I love it, but it was terrible. But um, so, so like, there, there's like that where you're, 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 you're like, you want to like shut completely off and what like pursue that, something that else because you... because it's you're like there's there's more to me. You want right. to like prove to people there's more to right. more to me. I have to. I completely get it. Yeah. That's the feeling of my life is, yeah. is I'm screaming. There's more to me. I feel like <laughs> everybody is screaming. There's more to me. Yeah. If, if you're small, you're going. Don't look at me as a small person. If we were talking about race earlier, if you're yeah. black, don't see me as a, I, I'm in here. I'm in here. I'm in yeah. here. So, but there wasn't like a particularly bad game or experience or a shitty coach that made you just. Are you losing your privacy? No, or? I think the, the easiest way to explain it was my whole life. So from the time I was seven years old in 1992. Um, when, when Duke won the national championship that year, I wanted to play for Duke. Right. So fast forward 12 years later, I'm in my sophomore year now, and I'm thinking to myself, like, all right, I'm here. Fuck, is this it? 
Like, this is it? Like, there was no NBA aspirations at this point. So it wasn't like, like, I mean, I I would want to play in the NBA, but it wasn't like that wasn't what I was thinking. It was like my whole life. I want to play in the NBA. (laughs) (laughs) My whole life, I was like, I want to play for Duke. I want to play for Duke. And then I got to Duke and I was like, uh, oh my God, you got the the fulfillment anxiety. You you got what you wanted. So there's, what else is there? Like, what is there more? Because you were still you. Yeah. You were you when you were wanting it, and then you were you when you got it. And there was probably something. It doesn't surprise me at all that you wanted. You're a yeah. thoughtful guy that you went to poetry because poetry is the hard drugs of introspection. <laughs> yes, you know what I mean. You were and like, that's also that was the year I started therapy. Like I did right? three. I did therapy from sophomore year, junior year, senior year. Was your coach paying this man hundreds of thousands <laughs> of dollars to be like, you know what might help? Basketball. <laughs> Just get out on the court. It was a her, and oh. she, she did. She she helped me a lot. Um, she te- she wanted you to play. Yes, for sure. A Duke appointed sure. therapist. No, she wanted – you know what? She wanted me – she wanted – and this is, I think, what every person who goes to college has to figure out. Like she wanted me to be comfortable in my own skin. Yeah. She wanted me to like be comfortable with who I was. And as an introvert yeah. who all of a sudden you know, grows up in, in anonymity and then you're, you're all of a sudden playing on ESPN twice a week, mm-hmm. that can be a little hard. I, I, sure. I would go to these um, you know, road arenas and – Literally twenty thousand people would be chanting "fuck you, JJ," <laughs> and that happened. I mean, Yikes. so I can't. Like, how do you deal that with that? my feelings? And no, that but wasn't how do you me. deal with that? Yeah. Um, you I had, have to think I had of really bad. Um, I don't obviously have it now, but I had really bad my my first years at Duke. I, I, I often got really bad back acne. Oh wow! So I would go to these road arenas, and they'd have these like makeshift Duke number four jerseys, and yeah. these kids would like. Literally take a red marker and just oh, put like god. pizza size, pepperoni pizza size, oh, you know, god. dots all over their back. Oh my god! And, like you're, you know, you're you're 19. You're you're not comfortable with you. I don't of care. No 19 year old is. You're figuring life out. You're figuring the world out. Yeah. So like you know, all this stuff is sort of happening, oh, and god. I'm like, <laughs> is it worth it? Yeah. Is it worth it? I don't know. It's you know. So Joseph Campbell says the question is whether or not we're going to say a hearty yes to our adventure. And that is another way of putting getting comfortable in your own skin. So I talk about my psychology and all the things that make me a comedian. And you have physiological and psychological things that make you an athlete. And it sounds like therapy, but just around that age in any good, thoughtful life, you go, am I going to lean into what this time around? I'm not saying you have to believe in reincarnation, but let's pretend (laughs) this time around you're J.J. Reddick and you're not. But you are. Does that make sense? I'm not trying to get too heady. You're the thing inside J.J. Reddick going, but I like poetry and I, I, I don't know if I want to do this. But like this is what your – this is your journey. Yeah. This is your quest. And yeah. a therapist or a friend or a, a conversation can make you go, all right, even though it's great, here you are getting what you wanted and you're like, shit. This, it sure seems like everyone wants me to be J.J. Reddick. And then they're like – yeah, yeah, you are J.J. Reddick. You are J.J. Reddick. <laughs> and then you go like, no, but I, I want to write poetry by the river. And they're like, no, 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 keep throwing this ball in this hoop. And then you had to have days, as any young person go, well, what's it all about? Yeah. But the trick is finding what it's all about while – why am I giving you advice? While you're doing what you're doing, wouldn't you say? You're, you're finding the yeah. meaning of life in something as absurd as yeah. playing basketball. I'm finding it in something as absurd as being a comedian. Yeah. You can find it in something as absurd as being an architect or a carpenter or whatever it is. But I also think, too, you use what you're good at to pursue other things you're interested in. And so, like, Mm. what basketball has allowed me to do, it's allowed me to travel. First of all, it's allowed me to travel the world. I've been all over the world. I've played in 
you know, USA basketball competitions all over the world, NBA uh, events in China and Mexico, all over the world. Hmm. Wow. And so, so that sort of curiosity about the world and about different cultures, like I've been able to pursue that. And obviously, too, because of how I'm paid, I can go travel then in the off That's season right. And, right. and get to pursue that as right. well. Um, but I'm like, I'm so interested in people. And so being an NBA player has allowed me to meet really interesting people. That's right. Like yourself, Pete. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, and so, like, I guess part of it is, like, yeah, I, I love the game. And, but but I also, like, I, at some point, and I don't know when it was, but it was probably twice. It was probably once my sophomore year and then once again probably, like, my sec- at end of my second year in the NBA where I was really struggling and I, and I again, thought about quitting. Wow. And something and you really twos. just like you really had to like say, oh, I'm gonna embrace it. This is who I am. I'm lean gonna in. embrace it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna lean in. This is who I am. And all the other stuff, like I can pursue simultaneously. Okay. So we're we inherit psychologies and families and clans and priorities, right? So in your family, sports seemed important. And yeah. mine, humor was important. But then we also inherit these psychologies, you know. So uh, for some reason, I need to be seen. I, I need my thoughts validated. I like getting laughs. I'm anxious. Whatever it might be. And then, so then I become a comedian. So the, the preset of, of dispositions led me to comedy, and then comedy enabled me to pr- pursue other things as well. I, I'm not being entirely clear, but what I'm saying is one thing forced you into another thing, and once you got to the thing that you were forced into, it afforded you the ability to go into other things that you weren't forced into. Yeah. Not forced. But I think, too, is like there's a, there's a, there's a saying that I like. I, I, I'm uh, I'm a Christian, and yeah. I, I read this devotional every day. So about five years ago, like... Which one? Uh, I get them sent to me. One of my old assistant coaches uh, in Orlando sends them to me at 8 a.m. every morning. I get them... I get it and in, in my mocks, and they're from Joyce Meyer. They're from Joel Osteen. They're from... Uh, so it's a mix. Rick Warren. Yeah, they're just from all these different people. Like, And, uh, you know, I read it. And so about five years ago, I got one, and um, and there was this like, there's this like phrase in there, and it was, um, you've never arrived, you're always becoming. Mm. And, and it like, for some reason, it was like an aha moment for me. And it really just described everything I, I was after and had been after and had struggled with and everything that I sort of wanted to continue to pursue. Mm-hmm. And the essential notion of the idea is like, like it's okay to change. It's okay to pursue other things. Like right. it, it's okay. if you've done something, it doesn't mean really anything. You've got to then go do something else. Right. And so, like from a from a motivational standpoint, it was easy. But then from like the basketball standpoint, it's like no, that's your base. That's fine. That's, that's right. your base. That's right. And then you can go do other stuff. Like when you're done playing basketball, guess what? You have thirty more years to work. Go that's find right. something else to do. That's right. I, another Eminem lyric comes to mind. I'm, I'm on Eminem today. He says, I'm not a rapper. I'm an adapter. I also, and Lao Tzu, Lao Tzu yeah. says, uh, I'm paraphrasing, but he says, like, a holy man is not intent on arriving. I think I, I carry that in my heart all day. Because you're in traffic. That's why I talk about traffic a lot or being delayed on a flight a lot. Is, is it's a very, it's a physical manifestation of how we feel all the time, which is like, when are we going to go? When are we going to get there? And I think the most spiritual question or most important question you can ask yourself is, where are you going? Yeah. Where are you going? Or another way to put it, and then what? So I'm going to play for Duke, and then what? Yeah. Where 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 will you be when you're there? Because wherever you go, there you are. That sort of thing. Yeah. And and even when you said, I always think of Maya Angelou. She 
and uh, you call yourself a Christian. I, I understand what you mean. So she's not attacking you in this yeah, quote. Yeah. She says, when people say I'm a Christian, she always says already. Yeah. I think you'd appreciate that. Yeah. It's because yeah. it's, a, it's a relationship. You're striving to right. be. Right. That's a phrase I use all the time. Yeah, but you would have been a weirdo if you said, I'm yeah. trying to be a Christian. And then it would be like, no, what's the it's, problem? It's, uh, Christianity is, is a relationship, not a religion. Yeah. And so I, I don't. I try to be a good person, obviously, but like the basis of my faith is not like following a set of rules. It's not. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. It's not. Yeah. It's not following a set of rules. Um, it's, it's, it sounds corny and people like get a little uncomfortable when you say this, but like, it is about having like a personal relationship with God and, and yeah. with Jesus. And that's, that's the base of my faith. Whenever I explain Christianity to someone, because people, people use like all these random passages from the Bible, which by the way, the Bible was like written by man. Like, yeah. so we're all fallible. Like, sure. You know, didn't fall from heaven <laughs> on a parachute. Right. Mark so, Wilson. but like the thing with Christianity, I always, I always tell people is like, um, you know, there, there's really, to me, like. The two most important things that Jesus said mm-hmm. was like. Can I guess? No. Yeah. Say it. It's the golden. You know, love your neighbor. Love your God and love your neighbor. Yeah. There's like have a higher purpose. Have a connection to the infinite. Yeah. Zoom out. There and, you go. And be kind to one another. And be down here. Be excellent with one another. Yeah. 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 He also said, "Love your enemy," which is one of the most <laughs> iconoclastic things. That yeah. He said. But that, that's. I mean, if if that's how, regardless of if whether or not you think Jesus is who he said he was. Yeah. Regardless of that. If if that's how you live your life, that's right. I, but he himself, the story goes, said this is the summation of the law. So we're all going around. What we do as people is get lost in bullshit, mm-hmm. and that's all that people did with Jesus. They'd go, a goat falls in a ravine on <laughs> on Passover or, yeah, or on, on the Sabbath. Sabbath. Yeah, and he's like, he doesn't say this, but R- I love. Off, but by the way, sometimes in the, in the Bible it's like Jesus sighed, and, exactly. I, and I actually picture him being like. Guys aren't getting it. But when when a bunch of uh, people after a, fe- a festival are going to stone a woman yeah. because uh, she was accused of adultery, and he goes over and he starts writing in the dirt and stuff, it's it's just like a guy going like, "These are the wrong issues." <laughs> yeah. But she she committed adultery. Let's stone her. It's like, yeah. uh, wake wake up all the time yeah. and sighing. Going. What I was going to say was, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Yeah. Because. And this is one of the problems with the religion, I know you'll agree, is that we've taken something sacred and special that is far more like the feeling that you get when a basketball goes in a hoop. Mm-hmm. And it's far, far more like the feeling we get when we're at a basketball game and we zoom out until you're in how many galaxies away. And we turn that into don't jerk off. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or we turn that off into uh, don't smoke a cigarette when you're shit-faced yeah. on St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. Or whatever it is. Yeah. And I understand Richard Rohr, who I think you would love. Do you know Richard Rohr? No. There's a book I, I'm going to recommend called Falling Upward. Good audio book, too. Short book. Um, are you going to write it down? I yeah, love I keep, that. I keep a note it's on, one of my, favorite. on my phone of all the books that I'm supposed to read. And then I go order them on Amazon. And, and never read them. I die. But he talks about, like, it's very natural when we're children to distill the mystery into... Don't steal, don't lie, don't cheat, don't, don't swear, don't say Jesus Christ when you stub your toe. That's all normal. But he calls that kind of like first half of life stuff. And then second half of life, you realize that every moment, it's not about church on Sunday. Church on Sunday is a lovely thing. It's mm-hmm. Palm Sunday. I drove past people walking out holding their palm leaves, and it warmed my heart. It really did. Yeah. So I'm not the guy that goes, you fools. <laughs> it's a metaphor. I'm not that idiot. <laughs> I'm like, how beautiful that these people are doing that. Um, but it, I lost my train of thought. Oh, it, it's about, this is one of my favorite quotes. He goes, that church is a dress is a dress rehearsal for the real thing, which is constant communion. 
always in church. When Paul says, pray without ceasing, he doesn't mean constantly be nagging God with your Amazon wish list. Could I be healthy? Could I be happy? He means prayer, we need to change what we think of as prayer, as being in that swish. I keep making it basketball. That sound, that connection, Mm -hmm. that... Another thing Richard Rohr says that I say constantly, religio, ligio is like ligament, connecting, reconnecting. Yeah. It's a space. It's a verb. You said it's a relationship. And, it, and it's very exciting. As you can see, I'm getting excited talking about it. But unfortunately, it became get up on a day that you don't want to get up. Fuck, what happened there? <laughs> and then also, like, be the weird. When you said, uh, when you, I, I felt your potential anxiety when you mention Christ, it's embarrassing. It is. I'm not saying it should be, but when you're in high school and you're in the car with your friends and you think you might crash because it's so rainy and you say, I really want to take this moment to tell you guys about Jesus Christ, (laughs) even when they think they're about to die, they're mad at you for making it awkward. (laughs) So I'm just, I just went on a tangent. No, there's certain, (laughs) no, but I, I, first of all, uh, what you're saying is great. And, and, and I think I want to just add one thing like about the rules that we learn as children. Like I have to teach my son rules. Yeah, there you and go. And whether I teach him, you know, these rules based on, the, let's say, the Ten Commandments, like a set of laws. Yeah. Or I teach him the rules based on what society tells me is, you yep. know, moral or immoral. Don't steal. Um, he's got to learn those rules to be to be a functioning member of society. Building the house. He's got to learn those. You rules. Build That's the, the first step. Yeah. Um, you know, and then, and then the second step to me is like, you you use the word adapt earlier. Like the second step is. Being adaptable, allowing yourself to evolve. Mm -hmm. And at some point, it's really important to, like, put yourself in someone else's shoes Mm. and, like, okay, like, maybe my perspective on life, maybe my opinion on life, like, isn't just, like, we're very, you know... Egocentric. We're very narcissistic as humans. We are. And we, we, we think we're right. We think what we believe is correct. Right. And it's important to, like... Allow other people's perspective That's right. to sort of it's sink like, in. And love be like, your oh, neighbor okay. yeah. as yourself, not turn your neighbor into yourself. <laughs> yeah. it, it's not – we took religion and we applied yeah. the same kind of methodology that we have for procreation. We're like, sex, make more of me. Conquer lands, make more of me. There's something – it makes sense kind of. Yeah. But religion I don't think is, a, is about that. I used, to, I used to be burdened with that feeling that if you didn't believe how I believed, I had to persuade you. Yeah. And everyone yeah. that I met was another person going to hell. Yeah. And I don't think that's how, according to the, the books, how Jesus lived. It didn't yeah. seem that way. He seemed to be calling us to something far juicier, more exciting, yeah. and alive. It seemed like to me, like, I, I, I've read the New Testament dozens of times. Like, I literally will just start in Matthew and just read it through. Yeah. And it seemed to me like the guy lived a pretty rad life. <laughs> and he, hang out, he hung out with some pretty rad people. Like, he, he was so inclusive and right. not, not exclusive. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And uh, I don't know, just really cool. But I was going to say, too, is like, it's religion, like, you know, Christianity. Like, there, there might be some people listening to this that, like, tuned us out five minutes ago That's because right. we're talking about this. Not no, on but, this podcast. But, well, but, although people will be listening because you're on. <laughs> no, but, so they might not know we talk about this stuff every but time. But no, but I'm – okay. So but that's great. So, but, you know, there's like – it's like that. You know, like, people get really, like, uptight about gun control. Like, sure. You know, the, 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 the Second Amendment's like Are a you a really... big gun control person? Well, I, we can oh, talk I, about I that. I didn't mean but, to. No, but... I thought that's what you were bringing up. No, but I, I, I'm, I'm just saying, like, you know, religion, gun control... Um, uh, abortion. You know, abortion, taxes, uh, surprisingly marijuana use, you know? It's War. like 
you know, all these things, yeah. like people are really sensitive. That's why. So when I said like earlier, I'm like, yeah, I'm a Christian. Like I'm not, I'm not like afraid to admit that. I'm not, I'm not necessarily embarrassed to admit that, but like, I'm also at the same time, like I'm sensitive to people's knee jerk reaction to that. That's what I meant. Yeah. That's why yeah. I brought up the kids. Yeah. I don't think Jesus, it's taken me a long time to be able to have conversations like this where I don't feel awkward bringing, yeah. saying these words. But now, now I like him. I, you know, it's funny. An old pastor friend of mine emailed me and he was like, I'm running a church, but I, I'm just looking for some prostitutes and thieves to hang out with. <laughs> Meaning kind of what your rad people thing. Yeah. Jesus was there. He wasn't building walls. He was tearing down walls. He was, he yeah. was kicking it with the homies. Yeah. Um, he was. He was. He was. And then I wanted to write back to this guy. Yeah. Jesus wasn't a pastor. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He didn't make his living towing the line of a group of elders from a church that like our there's a culture there's an earthly thing going on your your pastor can't say what's up motherfuckers <laughs> you'll be put aside jesus yeah. can jesus is talking about freedom yeah he's talking about freedom i'm not saying he would say who gives a shit that's the wrong question but what i'm saying is he was a compelling person that people wanted to be around yes christians are very often and i'm saying this as somebody who loves christ often not somebody that you want to be around. That's why I said them, not always, let's be fair. Yeah. Some wonderful people, some intelligent, gracious, beautiful people. Yeah. But I'm talking about me in high school saying, not knowing what I'm talking yeah. about, being like, can I tell you about Jesus? Yeah. Can you? Would yeah. have been the right response. <laughs> you think yeah. you can summarize Jesus to me, you 60-year-old yeah. weirdo? <laughs> right. The fuck are you talking about? Where's the humility? Where's the like, yeah. look, this relate. This resonates with me. Yeah. My intuition takes me back to this. Yeah. It's not just it makes you a good person and we should not steal and stuff. It's like I vibrate a little bit when I'm near this. This this yeah. works for me. And it sounds to me it's a leading question that you're not out there imposing this on other people. You're, is that? Would yeah, you agree I, with I'm, that? I'm not. I think that the the biggest way you can you know spread. I guess the the message of Christianity is how you treat other people, how you live your life. I mean, you know, if someone says to you like, "Oh, there's you know, there's something there's something different. What is it? What is different about you?" Yeah. You know, that's to me that's like, "Oh, I'll, okay, I can tell you. I'm not I'm not going to right, you know, go out of my way to like tell you to read the Bible every sure. day." Sure. Like, you do have some verses weird. on your body though, so you are telling people that. What are they? Uh, I, yeah, I read that you have Isaiah 40. Uh, this is Psalm 40. Psalm 40. Psalm 40. I'm so. Oh, I'm sorry. I do. You know what? I do. I do you have, have Isaiah, Isaiah 40. 40. Yeah. You have a lot of 40s on you. <laughs> yeah. I have a lot of 40s Psalm in me. 40. But Psalm 40 is like, to me, it's like the story of my life. Like, this was this was sort of my entire adolescence with Psalm 40. What does it say? Uh, I waited patiently for the Lord. Oh, he yeah. inclined to me and he heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. Incl inc what is the verb? Inclined? Oh, inclined. It's not NIV though, is it? <laughs> That's a different translation that uh, I that I learned. As oh, a would child. you would you learn? I don't remember. It wasn't inclined. No, there's a, there. I mean, there's a couple of different. I does the, it say um, on the tattoo? Check the tattoo. It doesn't yeah. say. <laughs> it would be so this great if it was. This is NIV. This is directly translated from the original um, Greek version. Oh, okay. No, I'm just <laughs> That's so funny. I believe. I just went okay. <laughs> um, no, and, you know, I was. I want to say one thing too. Is like about. I about love that. This go ahead. Um, this topic. So, uh, 
you you talk about your psych your psychologies earlier, yeah. like what you like kind of inherited from your family, the personality, right? And right. The culture. And so the world. from my family, I inherited a guilt complex, and oh. uh, yeah, you should be Catholic, and I still have it. <laughs> no, but my mom was raised Catholic. Maybe that's where it comes from. But but I still have it as an adult. Um, yeah. And and maybe it's just all humans like we have this like deep seated desire to like please other people. It doesn't necessarily come from that, but like there is a guilt complex that. You know, when when I when I feel like um, either I'm not living up to my own standards, I'm not living up to someone else's standards. Like it's there, and mm-hmm. that that could be you know God's standards or my parents' standards. Um, I certainly filter out whose standards I care about, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But the the when I was 23, um, I, I I went to my first church where they actually told you what grace was, mm-hmm. and this was like a new sort of concept for me. Unearned. Sort of, and, and and so I I grew up in these guilt based churches. Mm. Um, don't do this. Don't do this. You know you're gonna earn go it. to hell. Earn yeah, it. Yeah. Hit the free throw. Earn it. Earn it. And that's crazy. Yeah. And so many. If you're if you if you try to earn it, you're gonna spend your life right. earning it, and you're right. gonna spend your life failing. Right. And and grace really to, to me the way I heard it was, where are you right now? Oh, you're totally fucking up. Great. God will meet you right there. He'll clean up the mess. That's right. And I was like, oh my gosh, are you serious? Otherwise, I'm going to get a little salacious here. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't need something that loves me. I don't need a God. Let's be specific. Yeah. I don't need a God that loves me when I'm perfect. You know what I mean? I don't need a girlfriend that loves me when I'm perfect yeah. either. Yeah. Or parents that love me when I'm perfect. It's a little cocky to say, I have fans that I'm very grateful for and they tend to love me. They, they actually love me or, you know, in the way that fans love yeah. performers. Yeah. They love me when I'm imperfect as well. I make yeah. mistakes on this podcast yeah. all the time. Yeah. I'm ignorant. I'm, I'm rude. I'm verbose. Whatever it is. Yeah. I don't know what verbose means. Um, <laughs> you use big words yeah, that don't use, mean exactly. anything. <laughs> that's so funny. I, I think do that's that on what my podcast too. Means. Yes! I'll get like a, you used the wrong word here. I think right. you were trying to say, yeah, I do that. It's like, it's like you were saying with confidence. It's like, I need it when I'm broken. Yeah. And... For me, I used to say that grace was that God loves me even though I'm a piece of shit. That's how I used to think of it. And now I'm like, just surrender to you being JJ on this earth, playing that part. I'll surrender to me being Pete. I'm being so Pete Holmes all the time. It doesn't mean I'm not working on it. But he fucks up. He fails. He foils. He does all sorts of weird shit. And if God's not there for that, What's so great about that? You know what I'm saying? If he's just another guy going, let me know when you're being excellent. Let me know when you're bringing in victory. That's why the story is about a broken Messiah. That's why we get the chills. He's the spud web of religion. (laughs) He's he's four foot something and he's doing a spin move. It's insane. Like... In fact, Jesus is coming to say the game isn't what you thought it was. The game isn't what it, you thought it was. First that was shall, his whole message. The first shall be last. Yeah, and yeah. blessed are the poor in spirit. What the fuck are you talking about? Especially yeah. in that time. Yeah. Have you read Rob Bell's new book? It's not out yet. I'll get him to give it to you if you want. It's called What is the Bible? It's amazing. Yeah, I would love to read it. He takes it like passages that we know and he gives you all the context. Stuff that you probably know some yeah. of it, but I promise yeah. well, you. Well, it's all it's all context. It, I mean, that's don't. that's the other thing too is like I, you know, I never went to a church where they explained the context. That's right. And it's like when that started happening, Bloody. and I'm a historian, so I, I was a history major too. There I'm like, you go. I'm like, oh, now it all makes sense. Well, doctor, yeah. they don't know 
the history. You know what I'm saying? It's not that yeah. they were like, I should tell them yeah. what they're referencing here yeah. or here or here. That's all Rob's book is. Yeah. And I've, I've joked with him many times where I'm like, I thought it was going to be like, the Bible is cool, you guys. <laughs> it's not the Bible is cool, you guys. Yeah. He's actually just talking about it in a very interesting way that anyone can enjoy. What, what do you think happens when you die? Is that a concern of yours or are you just kind of surrendering? Um, yeah, that's a, that's a tough question. I, it, it, um, it freaks me out. It does. Too. I had a dream last night that I was in a room and I was like, I think a bomb is going to go off in yeah. this room. And that was the dream. Just yeah. anxious. I have, I, I have a lot of those dreams. Right. I have a lot of those dreams. There's a, there's a huge tsunami wave coming. Yes. Um, there's a, there's a bomb coming. There's a, a Russian special forces breaking into my house with machine guns. Yeah. And, and I'm look, I'm staring death in the face. Yeah. Like I have that. Um, yeah. When I was a kid, I, I was like haunted by like hallucinations. This is crazy, but I was like, I would see like I don't want to say I would see demons, but like I would see these like figures. Yeah. And um, well, what do they look like? How old are we? Well, I, I had them multiple times between the ages of, like seven and ten. Okay, and then, so old enough. And then remember. actually, my sophomore year, it happened twice too. Really? Yeah. So like I like it, there's like. There's like a fear for sure of death. So scary. I, these are not reassuring. Like, no, 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 no. Jesus no. in the passenger no, seat. No, no. Give me these a, are, a thumbs up. These are like, uh, <laughs> what's the villain in Super Mario Brothers? Oh, uh, King Koopa. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I wish he had a scarier name because. <laughs> no, there's, uh, I can't remember. It starts with, a, I feel like it starts with a B. But anyways. Um, Bowser. Yes, Bowser. Yeah. Get it. Yeah, Bowser. So. <laughs> So go yeah, but there's like a You'd there's like see a fear of death. Like and that? I think well, I no no th- don't go off that. I'm very interested. I'm <laughs> no. not trying to out you as like the guy that saw stuff, but you'd see things like demons, like scary monsters. Yeah. Um, how were they? How temporal were they? You look at them, they go. They're away. in the room. They're in the room. They're there. Yeah. I, there was times, uh, you know, my sophomore year when I was going through this, you know, thing. Uh, I'd wake up in the middle of the night and I'd be wrestling. You know. With this yeah, I mean, this is. I'm not making this up. Like, do I look shocked? I'm, <laughs> no. I'm right here with you. No, You're but, in a safe space. Yeah, <laughs> in a safe space. You're wrestling with something you can see and touch. Uh, not necessarily. It, it's it's more that feeling, you know, when you're you're dreaming and you're like, I gotta move. Yeah, you can't move. Yeah, sleep paralysis. You're you're you're, you're absolutely awake. You're, yeah. you're you're awake. You're I'm up from my dream. Yeah, there's no like, it's there in the room and and it's it's on top of me and I'm I'm right. I'm wrestling with it. But there's there's a part of my body that just can't. No, Val gets sleep paralysis yeah. too. So yeah. I. I have to. I always roll the dice on whether or not to wake her up, but it sounds horrible. Yeah. Um, But also in your waking life too. I mean, like in the car in your bedroom. I knew somebody that when they would pray, they would see somebody just like laughing at them. That's weird. (laughs) That was that was like a real kind of (laughs) demonic. And I mean, but you could look at these things. Yeah. In your waking life. Yeah. So awake. Yeah. There was another time, like my um, when I was seven, we my brother and I we had bunk beds and. at the time, the bunk beds were positioned to look out of the the door to the bedroom, and there was this little narrow hallway um, and a balcony that went down to the living room, and where the balcony uh, ledge and my sister's bedroom wall met was like an L. Mm-hmm. So I woke up one night and I'm staring at the outline of a black angel. And there's a figure that moves down the hallway, and I hear it walk down the stairs, and I'm calling out for my sisters. I'm, Alyssa, Katie, is that you? Alyssa, Katie, is that you? What's there? What's there? And um, I was up for like two hours. So this was awake. This wasn't this the awake. half awake. No, this is – this is I'm, I'm awake. Yeah. And so I finally fell back asleep like two hours later, and I, and I um, 
And I, I go down for breakfast, and I'm like, you know, did one of you guys go down to see mom and dad last night? Did what? You know, they're like, no, I, I was we slept through the night. So like, these things happen. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not like, I know I was awake. Um, yeah. And uh, anyways, my brother has one like that. We slept in bunk beds. Yeah, and he was trying to wake me up. I think he's still mad at me actually that you didn't wake up because he heard a woman sweeping in our stairway in our hallway, and he was like. <laughs> and I'm just like, <laughs> I think I snored when I was little, and I'm in my onesies. Your original question was, uh, "What happens to you after death?" We already got done a yeah, long, but, but long. But then we tangent. started talking about the fear of death, and it yeah. sounds like your fear of death is bleeding into your occasionally. Yeah. I'm here to. I don't yeah. think you sound like a crazy person. You yeah. sound like a person that's had some interesting experiences. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about? Ex- there's a there's a documentary about that on Netflix. I, wa- I don't remember what it's called. Fuck. Would you mind doing a quick Google? Yeah. Netflix documentary, guy sees ghosts, demons, whatever. The name of it doesn't sound – it's not like Ghost Seer. But anyway, there are people Rob – ha- Rob Bell had one on his podcast. Yeah. Guys that just see that stuff constantly. So you had some little peeks into it. Mm. But I, I guess the big thing I want to say is if you saw something in the room, you could look at it and it wouldn't like vanish. It wasn't like – Not immediately. Something. Yeah, that would eventually go away. Right. Yeah, but it, no, it was not like I wake. It was part of my dream. No, it's like I'm waking up from a dream. Yeah. In in a panic. Yeah. And there's this Thing. sort of a leftover. Yeah, a, a remnant. Would they talk or anything? No, it wasn't audio. No, just They're scary. Just scary as. Fuck. And yeah, so scary <laughs> yeah. as fuck. And it yeah. sounds like these are the things that are uh, representing some of this fear of death. I think that's why it comes yeah, up. Yeah, for sure. If guys like you ra- were raised Christian, right? Ray raised Christian. Oh, raised. Yeah, we're raised with yeah. stories of demons and hell. Sure, and, uh, you know, and it's an impressionable time. Like your brain's developing. Yeah, this is so your brain goes. Uh oh. Yeah. When we die, it's a choose your own adventure, and we really hope we go to the right. Yeah. Um, so there's some lingering of that. So the, yeah. So there was some lingering of that, and and, and there was. Was it? Is it called Wake Up? It might be called Wake Up. Yeah, I think it's called Wake Up. There's this like, um, and I used to get this feeling too, like as a, as a as a kid. Uh, of of feeling like this this little dot, right? This little speck <laughs> and the universe like just feeling so big and it was like this it was like a panic, it was like a mini panic attack. You know, I would yeah, get as like yeah, an eight year old yeah. like oh God, the yeah. the world is just so big and like, it's like your tsunami dream. Yeah. Something and, huge is gonna swallow yeah. you and not even notice. Yeah. And so but having said all that, yeah, I, I I do believe in, in heaven. Mm-hmm. I don't know what heaven is. Mm-hmm. I don't. Um, I, I do believe, you know, in, in the afterlife, I do. My, my fear of death now as an adult is... Tied to your kids? <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. I mean, that's what it is. Uh, I go on a plane. Every time I get on a plane now, I'm like, I have this thought in the back of my head. Like, maybe it's morbid, but it's it's there. And yeah. I'm like... Oh, every plane I, I get on, I go, <sighs> hope it don't crash, which is a Bill Cosby bit. <laughs> and then I go, I'm grateful the last one didn't. Yeah. So I take a moment to remember oh, the last go. plane. But I, I think about... I think about... I think about you know the two of them, and I think about my wife, and you know they're so young now that um, I just I, I want the opportunity to be a dad, yeah. to them well into their life. What are you telling? Well, forget that. Yeah, we'll get to telling them about death later. Yeah, we, I, I'm not at that point yeah, with yeah, my. <laughs> how old are they? He, uh, almost three and almost one. Almost three and almost one. Yeah, but my 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 oldest, I should say, my oldest is obsessed with being funny. Like that's his thing. <laughs> really? Yeah. So he's always like, I, I want to be funny, mom. You know, I want to be funny, and so he so you know he tries funny. to make us laugh or something. But the other day he um, <laughs> I 
want to be funny. The other day, he he was like eating his food and he kept spitting it out. And my wife got really, really upset with him. And she was like, she's like, Knox, Knox, that is not funny. And he looked at her with a straight face and he's like, it's a little bit funny, mom. That's so good. <laughs> and I was like, where does he get that? Yeah, where, where did you get from? that like, you get style that? of joke? That's yeah. a specific style. <laughs> yeah. Define in the face of authority. I know you did not get that from Team Umizumi. Uh, like, I know you did not get that from so Team Umizumi. That's funny. Yeah. And it'll be funnier when I have kids and I know what Team Umizumi is. <laughs> I knew you didn't. I didn't. Paw Patrol? Nope. Peppa Pig? No. I know who, uh, what's the guy? Shit. Oh, don't say SpongeBob. No, 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 no. Okay. There's a guy who's like, it's like, wow, learning, learning. He's on the cereal box. We just watched, we, like, it's, it's literally Nick Jr. all day long yeah. in the house. No, he doesn't watch TV all day long, I should say. If the TV's on, right, which is usually for, like, 30 minutes in the morning when he wakes up, and then uh, 30 minutes after his nap, he takes a while to, you know, kind of come sure. to after his nap, and then he gets 30 minutes before he goes to bed. So, you know, watch an hour and a half of TV, so that's three shows a day, and it's, right. it's like we have a queue on our DVR, and it's, like, the same six shows, and on 15 shows of all six shows. I mean, it's, it's yeah. disgusting. There's no adult time for uh, television. Yeah, I, I, I hear that. Yeah. I hear that. That's very tricky. Uh, so you think it could go one of – and there, what about hell? Is there a bad way? You know, some people think that, that the earth, like our, our present – Is hell? Is hell. And we're trying There's to all these amazing theories that you learn about as an adult, like yeah. that we're living in a simulation. You yeah. know, like the idea of the matrix isn't really that far off. Elon Musk, yeah. I'd um, say it's like – as likely as anything else. <laughs> the time actually travels backwards. Like, you, you learn all the... What these is that theories. one? Oh, Wouldn't these, we notice? <laughs> there's all these theories, man. There's all uh-huh. these theories. Um, you know, the, the different dimensions. Uh, alternative realities. Alternative think, dimensions. Like, all these things. And, like, there's, there's scientists, like, working on these theories. These are right. working theories. Right. Um, but what's interesting to consider is if we're in this life, yeah. this is the afterlife to whatever life we were in before. Probably was let's most people think that was nothing, yeah. but I think the best approach to take this life, if which is just life, yeah. and then the afterlife, if there's an afterlife, is just like what am I doing? What am I learning? How am I growing? How am I progressing? So looking at this life as some sort of purification process, something that you're here yeah. to learn, something that you're here to grow from. Yeah, I mean, what's the difference? What is your yeah, that sounds like really new age. Like, what is it your sure does? What is your? But what I'm saying is, okay, you wake up in heaven. Now what? Where are you going? Right. You know what I mean? That's, that's why, I like, again, I'm not here to agree. Like, I was watching uh, uh, Lucy K's, uh, I don't know what stand-up it was. Blake was watching on the plane. 2017, the new one? Uh, yeah. It had so to have been. Good. Yeah. And he was talking about um, the guy who dies, and he's in, he's in heaven for 10 years. And, and then they're like, hey, your, your wife just died. You know, she's going to be here in 20 minutes. Yeah. And he's like, I've had a girlfriend up here, you know. <laughs> you know, and it's, but it's like, it's like, what, what, like, what does heaven look like? Do, right. You know, what age are you in heaven? Well, I, like, I like what do you look like? And how I, do you are you just like? A, is it so far beyond our comprehension? For sure, I, I would say like that. The afterlife is kind of like we're all in these vases, right? And the vases are filled with water, and heaven is like smashing the vase, and the water leaking into the ocean. You know what I mean? It's because well, like if, you, if you think about it, like our 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 physical reality is is constructed by these set of rules, and there's this order to it, right? And maybe that's good for us, you right. know? But, like, God's understanding, at least I believe, is so much more. more. Yeah. And so, like, what it is, 
I believe, is something that we can't even fathom. Of course. That we can't even comprehend. But that, it's so far, be, the, even the smartest minds, like you can't comprehend well, what that, it looks like. That to me is the whole game of religion. Is yeah. It's not something you hold in your mind. It's something that you can merge with. Yeah. Are you thinking about the arc and the geometry and the spin? I bet you'd have a terrible game if you were thinking about how to play basketball or you were playing basketball. Yeah. Same thing with God. My, I think the most important thing I've learned about God, and then I die, <laughs> I just die right now, is, uh, is that God isn't, as soon as you're thinking about it, you're always one thought away. This is Ram Dass. He's like, it becomes an object. God is something somewhere else. Deal with it! They're always mad that we're going over. We're oh. not even going no, over. We're not going over. No, we're not going over. Uh, so you're thinking about it. Have you ever taken mushrooms? Uh, I have not. Can I tell you that? So mushrooms and LSD, you know, are very similar. Yeah. And uh, the last time I took mushrooms, maybe I've told this story, I don't remember. But uh, it was with three friends. I was the only one that felt it. I didn't eat. You shouldn't eat when you take them because it gets mixed up in your food and it takes longer and it lasts longer. Yeah. That's two bad things for me. Take them on an empty stomach. You're looking at like three, four hours. Pretty good. Okay. Pretty great, actually. That's how long I like to be there. But anyway, five hours maybe. So anyway... So I'm kind of tripping, and they're not. I'm tripping in the way that life just looks like it has an Instagram filter on it. Like, everything is just vivid and precious and fascinating. It's like the best feeling in the world. Dust and air and everything is magic. Everything's kind of slowly breathing and has life. You know what I mean? And you're just like, shit, this is, this is the stuff. That's what, when Jesus says, I'm the vine, you're the branches, he's saying, like, there's one thing, and we're all branching off of it. Yeah. So when you take these substances, you're like, I'm in the vine! <laughs> I'm in the vine! Holy shit! This is what he's talking about! And you realize how futile it is to try and explain it to anybody. Yeah. But, and then the regular world seems so stupid. So my Valerie and our two friends... were not tripping. And they were talking about, we have a, an Alexa, you know, the Amazon Dot. It's the thing that you can say, Alexa, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, I know, yeah. play okay. Kings of Leon. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to yeah. you. Yeah. Um, and it'll do it. And they were talking about where we got it and how they could get one. And I'm in the vine. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm like, you guys. Like, it was the funniest thing ever to me. Not because I was out of my mind, yeah. but because I was out of my mind yeah. in the good way. Yeah. I was like, you guys are just exchanging data. Like, where do you get that so I can get it? <laughs> Later, And I'm like, we're here now. That's what I think Jesus is talking about with the kingdom of heaven. It's not just like a highness. It's an awareness and it's a space that when you step in, of course, everything makes so much more sense. It's not about whether or not you get your goat out of the ravine. It's about this love and the space and everything is so effortless. There's a connectivity to everything. Instead of everyone. And everyone. Do you want to go to that restaurant tomorrow? I'm like, you're missing now. (laughs) Yeah. And when life is fascinating, it's easier to be like a Christ or a Buddha and be in the now. It's, it's, it's a wonderful hack to jump into a, a deeper spiritual place. Uh, let me look at my notes before we get into the final thing. We really covered a lot of this. Sleeping, best slow. Yep. Every night when I fall asleep, sometimes if I can't sleep, I pretend I'm a basketball star. I don't watch basketball, but I'm like, what would I do... What would my sneaker look like? <laughs> oh, my God. And just, like, <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> but that's, I think that's a normal, like, that's a normal sort of thought people have yeah. about the fantasy of being an athlete. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, not for sure. the reality. Yeah. It's <laughs> such a, like, it's like there's a fantasy, and then they're like, oh, fuck, this sucks. Like, yeah. Um, come down after game. Kings of Leon. We both love the Kings of Leon. Yeah. Great. <laughs> 
Oh, and then your other tattoos. Here's a question I have. Yeah. Isaiah 40 is a common one. Yeah. And uh, are you, did you just get tired? No. <laughs> no. No, I was thinking of yeah, what, what Isaiah thinking 40 about? said. I was like, yeah, Isaiah 40. Oh, uh, for yeah. I know the plans I have for you, right? That's uh, Jeremiah 29. Oh, shit. Isaiah, Isaiah 40, 40 is wings is, like uh, eagles. Yeah. Wings like eagles, yeah. Yeah, wings yeah. like eagles. So you, but say it for the people. I waited patiently for the Lord. He, inc- he inc- No. I'm I sorry. waited patiently that's, for the that's Lord. That's the other one. Is it? Uh, Isaiah 40 is... Um, Do you not know? Uh, no. Shit! But those that wait upon the, the Lord, Lord they will, will find renew new their strength. strength. They, they will, will rise high wings, wings like eagles. eagles. They will run and not where they will walk and not, not be faint. Yeah. There you go. Um, good choices. Yeah. But it is interesting that you're an athlete. I, whenever people have, like, take Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you. Yeah. He's talking to Jeremiah. And then whenever people have that as, like, their quote, I'm like, you might get hit by a bus. <laughs> that might be your plans. <laughs> He was like really talking to Jeremiah. Here's my it's question context, context for you. Do you see God in the suffering as well? Do, or do you go, where are you, God, when things are going badly? Or do you go, here's, I think some, that's here's where, some shit? Whether you believe in God or not, that is, that is the inherent question. That is the toughest question to, to answer t- to someone else. And yeah. it's the toughest question to ask yourself and try to like sort through that. Um, because there is a lot of, I mean, there's, there's suffering everywhere. I right. mean, and so I don't, I don't know how to answer that. Um, I, I think it, it goes back to sort of the, the, the trust, right? Are you right? And then I die. Did you aspirate? Did you aspirate? The thing where my, uh, You're like epiglottal, the, yeah, it, just it went down, down the wrong way. way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it happens to me a On lot. On spit, it's like, JJ. I'm having a hard time sitting twice here a day listening. For, twice a day for me. <laughs> hey, thanks for that. Solidarity. Um, so you're saying suffer, finding I, God and suffering. Yeah, I, I, yeah. So I, I, I think um, I think, you know, there, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a lot of layers to that. Um, like whether or not God allows things to happen. Right. Is, is God allowing what's going on in Syria to happen, right? Um, I don't know the answer to that. I don't know that anyone does. Um, I think it it may be a cop out to just be like, ah, you know, I I have faith in God. I trust Him. His plans are higher than mine. Like whatever happens, happens. Right. Um, but I I I do think that uh, you know our 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 calling as humans, all of us, is is you know, to, to love each other. And so when those things happen, like it is sort of a, maybe a, maybe a call to action. Sure. Um, it also seems, I wonder, well, go ahead. I, I, go ahead. Cause I, I had one other thought, but, but I want to hear what you have to say to that. It reminds me of the grind, the world, the way I see it sometimes. And I, I'm not saying this with any certainty. Yeah. It's a thought experiment. Yeah. Here's God. He splits himself into millions of different things, little pieces of awareness that you have in you. And then we play this game called reality, just like basketball. <laughs> and then strife and war and loss and pain and rape and terrible shit is just the thing grinding on itself. For what? To be – the Bible says that God's plan is to retell the story of the world, that God wants to look back on everything. Rob Bell talks about it in his book. 
he says like all the shit that happens to you later becomes the greatest stories that you have you're kind of like you're emphasizing how bad the camping trip was it gets tricky when we bring it to Syria and to other tragedies and things like that I understand so let's not bite off more than we can chew I'm just saying the Bible talks about how God's intent is to retell the story and even in Jesus dying and then we look back on that so fondly not so great for Jesus in that moment you know we can imagine but great for us but great for us, and a very, very, very good story with important yeah. things to teach us. So it, it, it might that might sound like a cop out, but I look at one thing trying to figure itself out, trying to know itself. God trying to know itself, learning about itself, knowing. And in that, there's healthy cells in this body. There's unhealthy cells in this body, and and they're kind of finding this strange balance. Because if we were just in heaven, as Louis C.K. said, saying, "I have a girlfriend up here," is heaven's boring as hell. As Alan Watts says, I always say this when we talk about this stuff. If you could have anything, how long, if you're God, you can make anything and just be coming all the time and feeling heroin times a million. How long before you push a button that says something happens, something unexpected happens? Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, what are we doing? How are we grinding? Yeah. How are we learning? Well, if you believe that, that God created the universe, let's say, the universe is inherently chaotic. Mm-hmm. And so you have to accept that basic fact that there is chaos that God allows chaos. Right. That chaos happens. It's part of the formula. It's part of the fabric of 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 being. Of this. Of this. Whatever this is. It's part of the fabric of it. Yeah. That there is chaos. Uh, I don't believe in the people, uh, Christians say this all the time to each other, like, well, everything happens for a reason. Right. You know, everything happens for a reason. Right. You know, I don't, like, I don't think people get raped for a reason. Like, I, I don't. Like, I, I, I don't necessarily think, I think there's just evil. And there's badness. There's, there's you, chaos. So you think there's stuff that's happening that's against God's plan? Well, no. God gave us free will. So, so, you know, I, I, so it's I, our, it's kind of I'm not putting words in your mouth. It's kind of like it's a byproduct of the free will. Yeah, it's a byproduct of the free will. That's a, that's a good way to put it. So it's like, it's like it's inherent to the chaos, which is it's funny. inherent to the evil. There, the, the, there, there is. I remember there is good and bad. I, yeah. There is there is good and evil, and it's inherent to the evil. I remember suffering and, and thinking when I when I had uh, similar views. I'd be like, "You can keep your free will. This sucks." You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, why not just start us in heaven? Why not just start us in union? To which I then I say, I think suffering, and this is I might be biting off more than I can do. It seems like it is part of the game. You know what I'm saying? To wake you up, to bring you closer to bring you places that you wouldn't have gone in the same way that when your muscles tear they grow back stronger that's and and sometimes your muscle tears and you're just out of the game (laughs) you know what i mean like what do we learn from that then um yeah i'm saying that that can be loss well i mean surrender i I go back to you know again the 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 basis of of what i believe and my faith um is based off of jesus and so you know he he said like in this world, in this life, you'll always have you'll always have pain. You know, God chooses to reign on the just and the unjust equally. Yeah, you know these things happen. Um, there, there's another like element of like, um, and it's narcissism, but it's like uh, I'm with you. It's like we we think like certain things happen, and it's all like bad things will happen to someone else, and we'll be like, well, it's, it's how, how you, you like rationalize a way that it will benefit you in the long run. Right. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. 
It's it's my uncle just died and I'm like oh yeah. we're all gonna get together and we'll love each other you know yeah. and and there is some truth to it but but like that's reality what we do. is like it but I, but I think that's part of just the, the human condition of how we deal with, with that's right with grief and so we look for order yeah exactly and so but the reality is like there is suffering and we that. impose order in chaos <laughs> yeah we're a full circle <laughs> yeah, do you realize what just happened we just went full circle our brains like basketball and our brains with suffering try and go like let's see if we can add some order to this chaos yeah just like a quarterback yeah. or you yeah crazy but would you this is a maybe a, a bad question to ask because there probably are people like grieving that are listening to this but like would you want a world that didn't have chaos See, that's, I think that is a great question. Here's what I... Where would, you, where would you find meaning? That's exactly... But you just did it. I don't have to say anything. That's the answer. Is I remember saying to a pastor guy, I was like, do you want a world where everyone claims Christ and believes like you do? And, and, and he was like, of course. And I was like, are we really here to just get along? Are we? Then why come here? Why come to this court? I keep making it about basketball. If you don't want to play basketball. Why come here where there is chaos and where there is pain and suffering if we're not going to learn to work with it? You don't tell someone who's suffering that's grace. But when you look back on your own suffering, you go, hey, that was grace. Yeah. That's, but the game is when someone's in pain and there are people listening right now going through a divorce, going through a sickness, whatever it is, just lost a family member, just lost a spouse. I get that. You, do, you sit with those yeah. people and you, and you grieve and you learn how to grieve and you learn how to listen and you go through that pain with them and you never impose some sort of meaning. It's on them if later they would like to go. It's always on the other side. Let, but it's there. Don't make them worship your religious right. conversion. Let them have it or not have it. That's, that's their trip. In my own life, when I have had pain and suffering, when I have had my dark moments and I've had plenty of dark moments um, – when you're in those dark moments, you, you can't even fathom the other side. That's right. You can't, you can't even you begin can't even... to see. You're so in the suffering that uh... – <laughs> oh, yeah. We're out of... You must not be. No, you're so, you're so in the you suffering. You must not be a sports fan. You're so in the suffering <laughs> that, that you, can't, you can't see the other side. And so when you – whether it's time, whether it's healing, uh, whether it's an event that, that rectifies the dark moment uh, – you know, once you get to that point, then you look back and you're right. That's you, right. You do see like, oh, that was that was great. There was there was there actually was meaning right. to what I just went through, or what my sister just went through, or what right. my wife just went like whatever it was. Like, okay, I see the I see the meaning now. Right. But when you're in it, it's like when you're sick and you can't even remember what it was like to be well. Yeah. You know, like you, yeah. you just have a, the flu and you're like. I remember that feeling as a kid. Now I'm grown and I can go, this will be over. But when I was a kid, I was like, is this forever? And you're like, no, you just have diarrhea. When you have a really bad stomach virus. Yeah, you're just, like, I, I actually wanted to eat something at some point in my life. Exactly. You can't wrap your mind. Yeah. But, you know, I like to think that it's not, it's not an accident. It's a tricky area, though. But, you know, we go through things and it's not just about learning and becoming stronger from them. It's, it's, a, it's, it's sometimes the lesson is in your death and you die at the end of it. Yeah. But in that moment, maybe you are in the vine. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It mm -hmm. brought you there. Because, I mean, the story of Jesus is a lot of pain, a lot of suffering. And I think, and, you know, our charge is to go, like, oh, go and do the same. Can yeah. you... Because you're going to die. Guess what? The bomb is coming. The Russian guys are coming. The tsunami's coming. Not Sounds literally. Coming. Yeah. But this, these are the stakes of the game. 
And get and and Richard Rohr falling upward talks about like God would love to nudge you where you need to go, and you know some people don't need the suffering as much. I suppose they probably still get it. Obviously, we all suffer. But if you're not paying attention, it's not a whack on the head. It's a nudge in this direction mm-hmm. because pain is the vehicle that takes us where you don't want to go. Because as you can see, living in 2017, a lot of us, myself included for the most part, are very happy ordering Grubhub and watching Netflix on a soft, cushiony surface. There are a lot of people that relative to the, the, the human exist, like human condition for, for our existence, like we've never had it better. That's right. We've never had it better. You've, we've never had it better in terms of having our needs met. But yeah. here comes God to say, you didn't consider needing something that you didn't even think you could need, including pain. Mm. <laughs> it's so much easier when we keep it on the small scale. <laughs> That's why I like traffic. Small suffering. Let's start with that. And then we can work our way up to global issues. We're not going to figure it out tonight, but it, today. But it is fun to talk about, isn't it? It is. Well, JJ, I am feeling pressure to get out of here because this po- this other podcast. I'm so mad about it. I'm so transparent. <laughs> um, thanks for doing it. What a treat. Was this good for you? This seems really good. This is a lot of fun, yeah. It's really, really good. Really interesting. Really fun. Great conversation. I'm so glad I met you. Thank you. Let's, uh, let's do when it When I get again. my podcast back up and running, we're gonna, you're going to come on mine. We're going to we'll like, happily come on. Okay. All right. Absolutely. And we're going to what now? Just have a hell of a time. We're gonna we're gonna kill it. <laughs> we're gonna kill it. JJ, uh, I'm gonna you, ask you some basketball questions. We'll go see Kings of Leon. Yeah, because that's one of your other tattoos. Yeah, and it's I, our connection. I, and Kings I, of Leon. I, I actually said this is unbelievable. I said this. It's a small single small lyric. Book single book of matches going to burn with sand in the way. I said that on Corden. Yeah, and you immediately <laughs> just nailed it. Uh, Kings of Leon. I like like four bands, and that's yeah. one of them. I'm obsessed. I'd love to have Caleb on the show. Let's yeah. get that out there. All right. Would you say uh, keep it crispy? That's how we end. It's just the catchphrase. Keep it crispy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is that, that what it, it is? That was it. You can say it again uh, if you okay, want to do a, a less question. All right, one. let's keep it crispy. I love yeah. it. Let's keep, keep it, it. Let's keep it crispy. Perfect. There we go. Hit it. One All more. Right. That was awesome, man. Thank you. Now leaving Nerdist.com.